Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Cuomos. They're gone. Both of them. Wow. Andrew Cuomo's ousted in this... Pest scandal will keep a little family friendly. And now his brother has been suspended from CNN indefinitely. I guess they say pending further review. So maybe they're going to wait for everything to die down and try and bring him back. Or maybe this is it. The brothers Cuomo have been officially canceled and they're both gone. I mean, this is big because none of us thought this was going to happen. We said yesterday that maybe he'd get fired and everyone's response was it will never happen. And well, you know, to be honest, he still wasn't fired, but he's off the air. So that'll be really interesting. We got to talk about that. We also got to talk about what Twitter is doing because Twitter is now going to be censoring all media from individuals if you don't have their consent. Now they say, if you're a public figure, maybe we'll allow it if it's newsworthy. We'll see depending on the context, but we're really worried that, you know, private or, or, or information can be used against women and minorities and activists and dissidents. So we understand where that is going. And then we got new information coming out of the uh, Kim Potter trial, the Dante Wright shooting. There's a, a jury selection is ongoing. And of course, Jesse Smollett. So we'll get into all of that stuff. A lot of really great stories today. And joining us to go through all of this is Matt Walsh. Yeah, it's great. Great to be here. You know, I'm, uh, I have a, my own podcast, The Matt Walsh Show, but I, I, what I, uh, really am now embracing is my, my role as a children's author. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I forgot my cardigan, but Johnny the Walrus is on sale right now. It's, uh, was on Amazon. We sold out in one day. Whoa. We're, we charted number four. Um, my story about a, a trans walrus and, um, we sold out, but we're going to restock it. Go to johnnythewalrus.com and get the, get the book. And I and, saw, uh, the reviews are all, you know, pretty good. People being like, "Hey, this is this is a great thing." Yeah, I, I think all the reviews are people that didn't actually read the book yet, but <laughs> right. but but still, <laughs> you know, I, they could just tell based on the cover. I think we got we got, we got sent one, and I'm pretty sure I did read it. Yeah, that's um, it. That's but I, but I like the one star reviews are not about the book; they're about the perceived politics of the book, which I find interesting because it's a children's book, so it's not explicit; it's implicit. Yeah, and so they're they're upset about the implicit narrative. As, it's also it's also funny because the the book is about a a little child who's imaginative and creative and you know he pretends to be different things and then he pretends to be a walrus one day and he's got like wood spoons in his mouth as tusks and um and uh, and his then his mother endeavors to actually raise him as a walrus as like a you know because she's she's been told by the internet that you have to raise a child however they identify so I don't say anything about trans in the book so the people that the critics that are saying they're the ones kind of making that connection so. Right. Hey, there it is. Well, uh, awesome, man. Glad to have you. We'll uh, talk some news, and uh, we also got Luke hanging up. We're going to do a reading later, which I'm really excited <laughs> about. Uh, hi, my name is Luke. My YouTube channel is We Are Change, and one of my core principles is that if you need violence to enforce your ideas, then your ideas are worthless. And I was like, hey, that could make a really good t-shirt. So I decided to make one, and if you want one of your own, you can get it exclusively on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And because you do, I'm still here, so thanks for having me. Appreciate that, you guys. That, that's, that's a veiled threat, by the way. He's like, it if is. you don't buy my shirts, I'm leaving. Uh, I'll be gone. Uh, Florida seems really nice <laughs> yeah. right now. That's true. It does. That's true. I don't know if you've done the audio version of that yet, the uh, Johnny the Walrus. The reading. It, yeah. it would be like a 30 second <laughs> audio book, but yeah. ring the bell to turn the page. Did yeah. you ever have those growing up? Those, those records? 
No. I'm going way yeah, back to the yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. time. When you turn the page, the bell would ring. You don't remember that's that? That's cool. No. Yeah. no, I don't remember Great that. Great records, yeah. yeah. I remember that. That was Top pretty two. cool. Yeah. I remember those little books where they had the gold, you know. Yeah, the gold uh, binding. Yeah, binding. Yeah, the little then, golden books. Yeah, the little unfamiliar. Golden. Yeah, yeah. Unfamiliar territory. Thank yeah, you. True, yes. <laughs> We're having flashbacks over here. Great books. I'm excited to talk about this kid's book because I was listening to Matt talk about it on the way on my commute. And I was like, this is actually a really good idea. And I think people are liable to dismiss it and think it's silly. But at the same time... Just because like, the pages are cardboard. People I know. think it's not Come a serious on, literature. Yeah, Come seriously. On. Yeah, But you're like an advanced children's author, even though you're not wearing a cardigan. We're prepared to accept this. And I'm really excited to talk about it. Well, it, it, was, it wasn't you who wrote the, the book with no words in it, was it? Was, was, Michael was that, Knowles. That was Knowles. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> very, very prestigious authors. You know, well, very- he's kind of in the same position <laughs> I am because you know, he's, he's written like real books. And then he's got his, his blank book. And he'll, he'll never sell as many copies of any real book as he will the blank book. And I'm in the same, I wrote two real books and nobody read them. And then I, and then, and then, you know, I write this and it, it sells out in one day. So, Great. you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's useful to parents who want that message. So it yeah. makes sense. Don't forget, go to timcast.com, become a member and you can directly support all of our journalists and you can get access to our exclusive members only segments of the show. We put them up every night around 11 or so PM. So you're not going to want to miss it. They are fantastic. And they are not family friendly. Mm-hmm. A lot of swearing, a lot of nasty stories. But, you know, this is the real, the dark stuff that uh, we like to get into. But don't forget also to smash the like button, subscribe to this channel. And I'm also extremely excited to announce YouTube actually approved our Step on Snack and Find yes. Out shirt. And now it is pinned in the chat because we, we put that up over a month ago. It's a month and a half and YouTube was not approving it. Mm. And then all of a sudden it appeared and now we're able to pin it. So if you haven't seen that yet, Actually, I don't think I have it pulled up, but if you uh, you should check it out. It's awesome. It's funny. I love it. Let's get into that news and uh, yeah, share the video and all that stuff. Let's talk about Chris Cuomo. Hmm. We got this story from the New York Times. CNN suspends Chris Cuomo after new details on help he gave his brother. The cable news network's top-rated anchor was an enthusiastic advisor to Andrew Cuomo in the last 18 months of his governorship. But I love how they don't use the headline. Chris Cuomo suspended indefinitely after stalking the <laughs> victims of his creepy Cuomo brother. Instead, they're like, well, he was helping his brother. It's almost like they're trying to sound like, make, make it sound like a good thing and get people to be like, how could they do that to Chris Cuomo? But this is an example of media collusion, Democrat-friendly media. Chris Cuomo on CNN. CNN, of course, is not a news institution at this point. They're content creators. It's about what they are. And they not only give favorable coverage to their Democrat buddies, they not, oh, Chris Cuomo not only helped cover up or at least not report on, to be, to be as fair as I can, the elderly who are being killed in these nursing homes, but he actively assisted his brother. It's a conflict of interest for the network. It's a conflict of interest for him personally. But the craziest thing about it was that he was actually trying to dig up dirt on those who were accusing his brother. I think the cra- I'm surprised to hear it, uh, that CNN's actually suspending him. I, nobody believed it was going to happen. I don't know what you guys think. They got Fredo. Now yeah. please do uh, Cooper and Wolf Blitzer, please. And the brain, the brain eating guy. And the brain, uh, he's gone already, yeah, but there's again, also yeah. a potato head in there and, a, <laughs> you know, other Vanderbilts. There's a lot of different people in there, but uh, regardless of that, it, it's interesting to see him suspended because it, it's, it's also going to be interesting to see if he got paid vacation for this. But with the way CNN has been behaving, I wouldn't be surprised if they pull off another Lubin Tubin mm-hmm. kind of incident and he comes back in six months and then gives kind 
kind of a half-assed apology and then kind of continues on with his trauma-based mind control that he kind of spews to the general public. Trauma-based? Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. A lot of people are saying, why wasn't he fired? I do think he's going to come back, but that's just my own personal opinion later down when everything kind of dies down. Mm. Yeah, I, I think for me, I, I wish I could join in the, the parade of celebration. That, and I don't like Chris Cuomo either, and I'm, I'm happy that I – mean, I, I think he deserves to get fired. It couldn't have happened to a more deserving guy. But at the same time, you just know that they're going to replace him with someone who's 50 times worse. It's the same thing that happened in New York. And everybody on the right was celebrating because Andrew Cuomo uh, got the axe. And I was – I'm usually taking the cynical view of things. So in that case, I'm thinking, well, there's a reason why the left has decided to throw this guy under the bus because they never throw their own guys under the bus. And they're only going to do it if they know they have somebody waiting in the wings who's going to be even more their servant on the far left. And so then Kathy Hockiel gets in there. And, um, that's how you say your name, Hockiel? I, that's how I say it. I have no <laughs> idea if that's actually <laughs> Hockiel, Hockiel, I don't know. But she gets in there, and she's far more far left than, uh, than Cuomo mm-hmm. was. And so, I, you know, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to replace him with someone like their own version of Joy Reid or something I mean, on CNN. Take a look at, you know, Andrew and Chris Cuomo. They're white men. So certainly, I know it's you know a, a little silly to bring up, but I, I'm willing to bet that there are uh, culty wokists who are just like, what can we do to remove these guys? And so they'll exploit any any crisis. Now, now truth be told, Andrew Cuomo, there's pictures of him grabbing people. And <laughs> then my favorite thing about his whole scandal was he was like, let me show you all a montage of me grabbing more people to prove that I do it oh, to boy. everybody. And I'm like, oh, so he admits it, right? But uh, Chris, as a member, uh, uh, as, a, as, as a staff member at CNN, we all, we all assumed even yesterday talking about this, that he was going to be protected. The fact that they're suspending him indefinitely it, it could mean that they're gonna, they could decide to bring him back and say pending further review or whatever. But yeah, they're gonna have to have someone fill that slot immediately. Then how much you wanna bet it's gonna be someone who's particularly woke. Mm. Yeah. I, I bet there's probably some inner politics that we don't even know about that kind of unfolded here because to see both Como brothers taken down by the establishment, uh, kind of shows that there's something else happening here that we don't know about. I mean, it was the New York Attorney General that released the private messages between him and his brother. So, so obviously something bigger here is at play. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bigger power move and if there was a request for the Comos to do something and then they kind of turned it down. I think there's a possibility for that, but again, we're kind of speculating here. But, uh, why, why did she release the text? Do we know? Uh, she's, for one thing, she's running for governor. So she, she wants his job. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's, that's one it. thing. Uh, but you also brought up a good point about, I didn't even think about this, but, uh, but Tubin. Yeah. So some, <laughs> L- Lubin Tubin yeah. is officially his oh, internet. Yeah. His name is Tubin. Right. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> and, but somehow he survives. And the thing about that, the, people talk about that and they say, well, he, he, he accidentally was on camera or it was, it was a big mishap. No. He didn't know he was on camera, but he didn't accidentally fall and trip and, and, and you know, pleasure himself. He, that, <laughs> like, that, that, that part he did on like, – he, he knew that he was on – he tried to do that during a meeting. The only thing is he didn't know that people were watching him. So that's a, a really serious infraction when it comes to sexual harassment in the workplace, and somehow he survives that at CNN. And, and women at CNN have to, like, go into the break room and be around this guy, you know, drinking a cup yeah. of coffee and knowing mm-hmm. – with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's at a meeting with, with other women uh. and he's lubing the tubing. Uh. I mean, uh, and imagine your conversations with someone. It's just sick on so many levels. Like how more like perverted can you get than CNN uh, it is CNN it is no, pretty no, no. pretty I, a seedy at, place at, at, yeah I'm like with everything that's gone at CNN first we got the guy who ate the brains you remember that Reza Aslan ate human brain oh yeah yeah he mm-hmm. ate yeah. Reza Aslan ate human brain and then he lost his mind and yeah. well I, maybe he was always crazy he ate human I don't brain know. yeah but he eats human brain I, I just gotta say it a couple times like people need to understand this about the CNN host did a show where he sat down with a bunch of you know religious it was like a Hindu extremist group they gave him a small piece of brain, and he ate it. Yeah. So you've got things like that. Well, how did they get the brain? I Do don't know. That? Uh, I don't know. I have no uh, idea. Sus. I think it was from a deceased person, if I remember Possibly. correctly. The video's still up on YouTube, ah. and YouTube still actively promotes CNN, even though they cause so much irreversible harm okay. to uh, female employees and other innocent well, that, people. That, I was going to say that, too. So you not only have that. You have, you know, Chris Cuomo and the conflicts of interest, and and you have uh, um, Don Lemon. He's facing also, charges. Yeah, he also yeah, he assaulted a guy, mm-hmm. and well, he's accused he's of assaulting accused. a guy. Yeah. Uh, what, what did he do? He shoved his hands in his pants and then shoved them in the guy's Broke face. The details are, are, of course, contested here, but it's uh, you know, adult assault, family friendly <laughs> show of of another man. Adult. Those are the accusations accusations against him. It's going to go. Uh, to, 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 in a trial soon, it's going to be divulged I want, all the details. So it's going to be and now yeah. and then we have we obviously Cuomo's conflict of interest trying to dig up dirt on the accusers against his brother. And now that, that we got to get into this Tubin thing because you brought up a really good point, and I want to stress this. Imagine you are you know there, he has, so here's what happen, happens with Tubin. He's in a virtual it was like a Zoom meeting yeah. right with a bunch of people, and he decides he's going to crank it out while watching all of his coworkers uh. right. Yeah. And he didn't realize his camera was still on. So they suspend him. They bring him back. Now, you brought up a really good point in the break room, but imagine this. Imagine you gotta call the guy. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're like, imagine a female employee and they're told, and they're told like, oh, can you get on, get on a call with Tubin? Nope. No. Can't do that. Uh, uh-uh. Hold Not on a second. Happen. I gotta, I gotta write something down. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, cause well, imagine this. Imagine, imagine what it would be like if you're, you know, I don't care if you're a man or a woman and you call this guy and he's on a treadmill. And like <laughs> he's panting and breathing right. heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, tell me more. I, tell me, you, me more about the project. That's a good idea. <laughs> I, I don't think he spends a lot of time on a treadmill. Right? <laughs> tell tell, tell me more how you hate Trump. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you doing? And then he's like, I was set up. I was I was on the cha- I was staring at pump the whole time. Yeah. Getting pumped. Getting yeah, pumped. <laughs> getting pumped. That's one way to put it. Ian. Oh, oh a gosh. lot of people are laughing that I said that the brain came from a deceased person, and people are saying, <laughs> Yeah, true. obviously. But there's also there's also a lot of how did he become deceased? Yeah. There's also a lot of let's go Fredo comments in the chat yeah. room. And I think one of the best comments that I saw about this situation was from uh, Danny Polishchuk, who said another content creator bites the dust <laughs> <laughs> with the news of Fredo getting fired. Oh, so have, uh, you, have you seen uh, do you watch like Ryan Long's comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he did a bit with uh, Danny Polishchuk. I'm saying that wrong. Right? Right. Pol- Polishchuk. 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 And Danny's joke was call, call these journalists content creators. Mm-hmm. Cause, and then Ryan is like, you know that the people on the, the, the leftist journalists will freak out and the right would be like, uh, or whatever, and like not really care. So I agree. 
So I've been calling the people at CNN content creators. I I'm like not going to, you know, they're not journalists. Well, it's like the MSNBC. They decided that Rachel Maddow wasn't actually a journalist. They're like, oh, she's giving too much of an opinion to be a journalist. So it's like, yeah, she's basically a content creator. What would you call I her? I mean, you know, I think it's fine to call them pundits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But content creator is is meant to – like Ryan nails it. Yeah. You know it's going to drive them crazy <laughs> and none of us would care to be called right. it. Like, I don't know, whatever. You know? I, I like the old school kind of prestitutes. I think that has like a nice that. ring <laughs> to nice, it yeah. personally myself. But I, I think universally if we just all started calling them content creators, it would really bother <laughs> them and get underneath oh. their skin. So I think we should normalize this and so implement too. this rule. That's good trolling. This kind of yeah, unspoken yeah. rule like, hey, if we're going to refer to these people, one, we shouldn't be calling them the mainstream media they're the corporate media yeah. too yeah, they're not journalists they're content creators yeah and um cnn's media content creator brian stelter of course will eventually run a segment being like the new attack from the right <laughs> referring to hard-working journalists as content creators Republican and then he'd have spouts. a yeah Republican response, and they'd have like a round table of like you know the, the strategy here is really to diminish the role the role we do in, in holding power to account and speaking truth to power. And yeah, remember when they compared themselves to like active military members? CNN yeah. did this. They're like, yeah, we're the best. It was like 2015. Brian <laughs> Williams did that perfectly <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, he sure did. It's a good it's a good point too because I I actually wouldn't care uh, the bias and all that kind of stuff it wouldn't bother me if we if they were just called something else it, it, the fact that they claim to be journalists is the problem because yeah. the thing is when we hear everyone complain about oh bias in the media the media has always been biased you go, go back and read like uh, uh headlines from newspapers during the civil war era and it's just it's it's extremely partisan the difference is back then they, they didn't pretend otherwise they embraced the fact that we have a point of view so the problem with CNN is that they, if they would just admit that, look, we, we come from a left-wing perspective, this is what we care about, this is our perspective, then like, fine, do, do your thing. It's, just don't pretend otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird, though. I mean, I don't think the, the, the current left-right phrasing, you know, I've said this for a while, make, it makes literally no sense. But I, I, I've kind of come to a, an understanding. The, rea- the reality is there are two realities. And so I think all of us in this room exist in one political compass reality, and that is honest and true reality. Of course, we believe that. That's why we're all sitting here. But what I mean is, you know, we fact check things. Um, we try to make sure we get things right. Good example, the Covington kids. This mm-hmm. big fake news, you know, thing thrown on the media or Kyle Rittenhouse. We're the kind of people, whether we agree or disagree on certain political policies or, or you know, certain, uh, you know, economic policies, we all agree on what is real because we've looked at it and said, oh, okay, Trump didn't really do anything wrong when he was throwing the food into the koi pond. Mm-hmm. He was just doing what Shinzo Abe did. But then you have this other political compass of people who live in the matrix. It's almost like a blue pill, red pill political compass. So it's funny when you see these people will say like this show is right wing. What they're really saying is they exist in a separate reality because I certainly think I'm to the left of you, Matt, you know, and like we can agree on the truth, but we probably disagree on policy positions. But we can sit here and have conversation because we agree on what is real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of the point. You know, to talk about the leftists and to mention CNN. Well, populist socialist types would be like CNN is not left wing. They're right wing. It's like, no, 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 no. Hold on. In your bubble world? Yeah, yeah. CNN is, is, to, is, is, is the right wing. In the fake reality they live in, the corporate press is authoritarian and right wing. So it's almost like they have their own um, scale of right and left. That's what, I, that's like, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, um, this is CNN is right wing and then everything else. I think it was you, Matt, that was talking, I think, yesterday about having a curated reality. I think you mentioned yeah. the Truman Show. It was a I, great I, comparison. Yeah, I like content creator. I kind of stumbled on this thing yesterday that uh, uh, another way of looking at the corporate media is that they're reality curators. 
And, uh, and that's a lot of what they do. They, they don't necessarily lie and, uh, well, they do plenty of lying, but most of the time they're not like pretending something happened when it didn't ha- really happen. Again, they do that, but, but more often the bias comes from deciding what to tell us about, what bits of reality to bring to our attention. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I think about that scene in, uh, in, in the Truman Show, which I brought up it, 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 when, uh, the director was asked, like, why hasn't Truman ever questioned his reality and uh, the director said well we we accept uh the reality of the world that we're presented hmm. um and and there's a lot of truth to that that you just kind of accept it also that word presented is important because that's how most of us it's not that we're like encountering reality or discovering it we kind of sit back and we stare at our screens all day and we have reality presented to us we have people usually corporate media telling us well this is reality this is what's true but it's all it's all curated based on what they want us yeah. to believe and so Waukesha for example is a good example of something that that doesn't fit into the reality that they want us to understand so that doesn't make it in they don't curate that for us well they they very simply just say an SUV hmm. you know hit people right. uh, an accident caused by an SUV but I'll I'll point out too just as a side note on the Truman show thing uh, it's a good point. We don't, we don't question the result reality presented in, in the Truman show. He starts to notice things like he goes into a building and there's no elevator. It's a yeah. set. But if, if he was born there and his whole life was seeing that kind of stuff, he'd never question it. He'd be like, Oh, another studio set behind an elevator. I see him all the time. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a reason they call it programming. And I think there's something to say about echo chambers and the carefully curated algorithms that give us information that of course enforce a particular viewpoint and the power that big tech social media has they have the will to impose people's perceptions and ideas and there should definitely be a bigger discussion about this but earlier tim i think you said something that definitely uh is important to talk about is that it's not really left and right it's it's whether you believe in authoritarianism or if you believe in freedom i think that's the true kind of bigger political compass that people should be talking about that people should be understanding and when it comes to even calling them content creators, I think that's giving them too much credit because they're not creating content. They're regurgitating, repeating corporatist talking points that, of course, special interests feed them and they just regurgitate it back Ooh, to the general public. We know, but content creator is meant to irk them. Yes. Maybe corporate content <laughs> regurgitator or like creator. I don't know. I, I, but con- look, yeah. when it comes to the different political compasses, you know, idea of like the, the, bubble, the blue pill false reality within the co- corporate press. I don't think that adequately explains, you know, uh, the phenomenon we're experiencing with the culture work. Cause I've, I've, I've thought about that. Maybe it's just the libertarian spectrum. Of course, we all agree, you know, if I'm, I'm more about freedom, but I lean left and you're about freedom, we'll probably get along. But if you're authoritarian, we're not going to get along. But I have, I have a, a, a friend, actually, we have his painting up. Where is it? Um, Brent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't see it, it's off camera. Cause I've had people be like, I don't believe Tim has any left wing friends. Like, oh, you know, Brent's really cool. And he made this, a uh, comic book called Snow White Zombie Apocalypse that I've helped kickstart a couple times. Cause I think it's fantastic. Really, really great art. Cool story. It's not super political or anything. But, you know, we, we were having a discussion about Kyle Rittenhouse and he's very much in the corporate press version of what Kyle Rittenhouse was doing. He was posting on Facebook saying the prosecution's case is super strong. I was surprised. He was repeating the prosecution's talking points. You'd probably hear on MSNBC or things like that. And we were talking about it. You know, he said, uh, we got to this point where he said something. I was talking about the prison system, it being broken anyway. And I don't understand why he would be on the side of the state in this regard. And he was like, the state is illegitimate. And I was like, okay, well, hold on there a minute. I was like, we can agree on almost everything. We come to this point where we're like, when you say the state is illegitimate, I'll be a bit facetious and say we agree on that. And what I mean is like we disregard the establishment, the authority and, and the lies and the manipulation. 
But when you're in this different version of reality, we don't we we can't work together towards like solving any problem because his version of reality is, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse was a violent reactionary who showed up to 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 hurt protesters and I'm like, but that's just not true. If you live in the in the world of the corporate press, it doesn't matter if you think the state is illegitimate and you're an anarchist, you live in a false reality where your motivations are fueled by incorrect information leading to leading you to cheer for the state like mm. like he was doing. So I, I mean that with, with all due respect. I, you know, I, I, I think he's a cool dude, but there we, we very seriously disagree on what is even true or not. Yeah, it's going to, as curation, like you were saying, these companies are basically curating what we see. Deep fakes, when people, they're going to be able to be like, they're going to show you something that's not real and they're going to tell you it's real. And then they're going to be able to be like, we wash our hands of it. We received it. We checked it out. It looked real to us. Mm. We were just reporting on what we thought was real. And then people are going to be seeding all these deep fakes that are like, yep. it, it might even be the news organizations that create the deep fakes mm-hmm. we find later, but then they're just telling us they didn't know they were fake. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man 3. What about it? Sam Raimi's. Yeah. So you've Is that got- the dancing one? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So um, uh, I bring this up because it was on TV and I happen to have seen it, oh. but there's a really, there's a scene where uh, Eddie Brock is the character who wants to be a staff photographer. Peter Parker is this, has been a freelance photographer there, there for years. So Eddie Brock is sucking up to Jameson, who's the the you know, editor in chief or the, the, the whatever position he has, and he says, "Whoever gets me a photo of Spider Man with his hand in the cookie jar gets the job." So what does Brock do? He photoshops an image of Spider Man committing a crime. They run it on the front page. He gets hired. They later find out. They have to retract. I think it's a stretch, you know. For you know, if, if, in real life, they probably wouldn't retract. They'd just be like, like you said, well, we were we were reporting the truth at the time, so there you go. But uh, as much as it's a silly fictional example of this, I bring it up because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You have, quote unquote, journalists who are like, I need to move up in this company. I need to get traffic. You know, there are a lot of companies that pay their writers based on how much how many clicks they get. Oh, wow. Like this is this is Gawker. Gawker was notorious for like, get a bunch God. of views. You get you get paid more money. A lot of right wing websites do the exact same thing. What are you going to get? You're going to get people trying to write. As, as clickbaity, sensational stuff as they can. And eventually you'll find people who, here's a good example. You ever see the movie Nightcrawler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing movie. Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal. And he's a sociopath mm-hmm. trying to find a way to make money. And he stumbles upon late ni- uh, night crawling. It's when you go out in the middle of the night and track down crimes, fires, crashes, hurt people and things like that. And he begins actually staging, like, he, he act, I don't want to ruin the movie because it's so good, but he's a nasty sociopath who stages some of these photos. You get these people in media. Then you give them the virtue signal ability to like pretend to be political and they will run with it. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. 
Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now they've got a safety net, a barrier, to where they can make things up, write garbled nonsense to get massive clicks, make money, and they're protected when they do it. Why? Because they're on the right side of history, mm-hmm. so they say. They're yeah. not just protected. Their competition is eliminated and, of course, fact-checked into oblivion and downranked in the algorithm where you can't even see them, even if you're subscribed to them. <laughs> I think it was BuzzFeed that had uh, an infographic at their office studio showing the articles that are getting the most amount of shares and a live number update graphic showing everyone working there what's what's getting the clicks, what's not getting the clicks. And once you kind of involve yourself into pleasing the algorithm, you're involved in pleasing, of course, the agenda of the people who are creating the algorithm. Who's creating the algorithm? Who's running the algorithms? What's the response and result of these algorithms? Well, I think superficially we could look at it and see there's a lot of depression. There's a lot more suicide. There's a lot more self-hate. There's a lot of other psychological issues that are encroaching and becoming more of a problem every single day. And when we look at these algorithms, they rule our lives because they rule perception and understandings. And once you have control of that, in my opinion, you have control of everything. And that's why the world is in one factor so messed up as it is right now because of this tightly controlled small viewpoint that they're doing everything in their power to make sure that you don't see outside of it. And when you do, you see that it's full of crap. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I was noticing today was that Twitter... I know, we were talking yesterday about how their new CEO might be worse than the old one. It turns out that this is definitely going to be the case because one of the things that they're going to do is like remove the right of these independent journalists to post material that's not approved, right? So it's going to be a serious issue as far as journal actual journalism. Because I really feel like the Rittenhouse trial was such a triumph for mm-hmm. places like the Daily Caller, people who, right-wing journalists who are actually on the ground and like unbiased journalists who really went out there and did the work. So I the, feel like Twitter's really twisted it. Yeah, Dorsey in. is not the demon that he had been made out to be. He yeah. was, he was like, has 5% of Twitter and was like basically holding on for dear life trying to make it something I don't, useful. I don't know. Maybe. The day he leaves and the new CEO's like, here's mm-hmm. what real authority is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I think, uh, I think the challenge we face, at least to kind of like wrap up this portion of like the content curators and the, and the, the corporate press and all that stuff, the, uh, it's, it's getting through to people. You know, it's it's finding that regular person who maybe doesn't pay attention and being able to pitch them on their own intrinsic value, life, liberty, and happiness, but they have to want it. So when you have people who just say, look, man, I just want to fit in, they're going to walk right to, you know, uh, to Brian Stelter or whatever, you know, other content creators at CNN and just say, tell me what to think and I'll think it because I just want to fit in. Mm. So how do we convince people, be your own person? Stand up for yourself. I don't know. Maybe you can't. Maybe what's really happening is a sorting algorithm of people who just want to follow and people who, who want to be independent. And I, I think the other – really what we're talking about, the, the real division, is uh, we're now living in a, in a country where there's basically two different – at least two different realities that we're living in. 
and uh, two different universes, really. So when we when people talk about are we headed towards a civil war, that sort of thing, I, I think we're not just because the, for a civil war you need a you need like a geographic divide, which which there isn't as much right now as there was in uh, in in, in eighteen sixty one. I would say, but I do think that we're more divided than we were in the civil war. Um, the conditions are there in that sense because we just when you when you get a hundred Americans into a room from all over the country and you start talking to them, um, you'll find that they don't, they they have absolutely nothing in common at all at, at no level. Like you, you talk to them about, about their, about their f- fundamental priorities and values. What things do they care about the most? All that kind of stuff. You're going to find that, um, there is almost no common thread bringing them all together. No, no commonality, no, nothing uniting us. And there has to be something, some right. uniting principle. And, and there isn't. It's, uh, it's two different moral frameworks at the end of the day. Right. You have the the uh, Christian Judeo Christian moral framework, and then you have this new wokest moral framework, which is completely removed from it. So one of the ways I explain it to people is uh, Bill Maher is a great example. Clearly, a person who was raised on Christian moral values, even though he's an atheist. So he believes in free speech. He believes in innocent until proven guilty concepts that are in the Bible. So in America, a lot of our foundational uh, rights inalienable rights granted by God. That was the perception of the founding fathers. Even people who were growing up in the 80s, 90s and becoming prominent might not believe in any of that stuff, but they hold those moral frameworks still within them from their, their the traditions that they, they were handed, uh, they were given. But now you have a new moral framework completely removed from all those values. They don't believe in the right of the innocent until proven guilty. Hmm. You know, they're, they're something completely separate if they even have a moral framework. I, I do want to mention though, uh, I disagree with you on the need for a geographical divide. That's uh, um, that's an American perspective on civil war. If you look at a lot of other countries, Spanish civil war is a really good example. They didn't have a geographical geographical divide in the same way. They had cities versus the rural areas, rural nationalists and urban communists. So I, I believe that's what it was. I believe the communists were centered around cities. I could be wrong, but it was no. it was essentially fascists and communists. And if you look at the initial battle maps where the ideology started gaining power, it was splotchy. It was like the left wing group was here, then it was over here, and they were not united or connected in any way. So we, we actually, that we do have in the United States. But in America, the civil war here was based on, you know, we have each individual state siding on a, on a specific, you know, states' rights, slavery versus, you know, more united federalist power, which ultimately resulted in states breaking apart. And then the interesting thing, I think it was uh, uh, Texas was like, we have no choice because we're surrounded by southern states yeah. who hold this hold these values. We, we wouldn't be able to be on the side mm-hmm. anyway. So in that sense, I, I think there's a, there's a, you know, you're sort of yeah. correct. That, yeah. Well, I sort I, of that, agree with you. That, that's a good point. So I guess I would go to my, my other, my other reason why I don't think there's actually going to be a civil war is that, uh, nobody wants to leave their air conditioning and their TV for very long. Like we all, we all, yeah. there's just, there's not the, there's not the wherewithal, the will for that sort of thing. But I, I, but I still fun, I still disagree. Um, you know, are you familiar with the fourth turning, this Strassau generational theory stuff? No. So they say it's like every 80 years is a conflict. We had the American Revolution, 80 years later, the Civil War, 80 years later, you know, World War II. Now it's 80 years later. And, you know, what are we expecting to see in this fourth turning period, this four separate, you know, 20 year periods? I don't, I'm not saying that's definitively true, but I certainly think we're headed towards a period of great strife. And I think that one of the other challenges with Civil War is that people believe they, they, they look to history to get an example of what war is. And so we look back at the American Civil War and see people fighting. We look back at World War II and people are running through the fields. But we're in the era of, of social media manipulation, and it's fourth and fifth generational warfare. So yep. they're using propaganda. They're using corporate press. They're using censorship. They're using economic control. They don't need to point a weapon at you to convince you to do something. 
if they can take away your ability to communicate with anyone else. Or and make so, you think that a weapon's being pointed at you, even though it's not. Or you're going to face some repercussions if you commit wrong mm-hmm. thing. And Matt, you made a very good point. We are very comfortable. We are very blessed. We are very lucky. You notice that, especially if you travel the world and you compare our lifestyles yes. to how everyone else is living. But that is rapidly changing right now, especially with the economic turmoil that's being created by the centralization of economic forces by the federal government, by the Federal Reserve, that I believe deliberately is trying to create havoc on the world economic market that is creating not only inflation, shrinkflation, meatflation, but just the utter devaluation of the U.S. dollar. And I think soon America will have to live like the rest of the world. I think there will be a shock. And in that shock, in that kind of um, larger transfer of wealth that has been happening since the beginning of this pandemic, I do think there's a potential for conflict. I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, I'm not saying it is going to happen, but I think there is a window where that potential opens, especially with the economic havoc coming our way, which I believe is deliberately being pushed on by a lot of centralized, big, powerful players. Let's talk about the, the Twitter thing that, you know, Liddy just, oh, just yeah. brought this up a second ago. We have this story from TimCast.com. Twitter announces new expansion of its private information policy. The announcement has been noted for its vague language by Twitter users. So this is uh, basically media that they deem to be private will be uh, banned. They can now ban you. And they say in the rules explicitly that if you are not abusing someone, then they can still remove you now because they have a new rule set. This will mean independent journalists. It will mean that uh, reporters on the ground who happen to be filming certain activists doing something will get all of that content removed. They then came out and said, well, we'll clarify. We'll clarify um, if it's a big protest or it's newsworthy. We'll consider the context. What does that mean? Andy Noe is a great example. Andy Noe is a journalist and the left absolutely despises him because he reports on what Antifa and these other individuals are doing. So naturally... Twitter's probably going to say, oh, this is exposing activists and it's really dangerous because they literally in their rules say activists, dissidents, women and minorities are the most vulnerable. Now, if uh, you met, for instance, you went to uh, Loudoun County, right? Mm-hmm. And you spoke there. Yeah, they're not going to protect you. They're they're going to say, you know, if, if, if a video comes out of you and you say, hey, look, this is a private video from an event. It's really bad for me as an activist. They're going to say, shut your mouth. They're going to say, oh, you don't count. You're not an activist. Andy No is not a journalist. He doesn't deserve any protections. I kind of feel like this is an expansion of their policy that they informally put in place with the Hunter Biden stuff. Because wasn't their argument that this was acquired through, you know, untoward means or whatever, like through actual illegal ways, illegally obtained. I mean, they just should have saved everyone some time and just said future Project Veritas will no longer be allowed (laughs) on the platform. That would have been more honest, because if you look at who this is going to affect, it's going to be investigative journalists, muckrakers. It's literally Veritas. Yes, it's literally. I mean, they just should have said this policy, no more Project Veritas videos (laughs) on top of people sharing those videos. It's done. That's it. It's It's also. So people are are parsing this on Twitter and saying, "What does this mean? What about this? What about that?" Well, it's it's that's the point. It's the ambiguity is the point. It's supposed to be vague because then that gives them the ability to decide. So exactly. They they can just kind of decide. Well, yeah, we're going to get rid of Project Veritas. We're not going to let another Rittenhouse situation happen ever again. They're saying uh, where these videos come out to expose the truth. But then, of course, because. The other thing is, well, what about all these cop videos? I mean, the George Floyd video, uh, Derek Chauvin did not, did not consent to having that video out there, but we can, we can assume that all the cop videos are going to still be allowed, uh, but they'll just be able to decide in the moment. And that's exactly what they're setting themselves up, themselves up for. 
It's it's the increasing movement towards homogenizing our culture once again. So it used to be we had a few media channels. Everybody listened to Walter Cronkite, just believed whatever he said, whether it was true or not. Everyone assumed it was it was true. And then with the birth of the Internet, we had all of these different voices rising up. Boy, did they get mad when Alex Jones was getting hundreds of millions Mm. of views. We never approved this guy, so saith the establishment. So they get rid of him. They get rid of Milo. They get rid of Laura Loomer. They get rid of all these undesirables. Now they got to contend with the fact that there are still dissident voices that are doing pretty well because people want and crave freedom and, and honesty and information. Oh, so they'll want to get rid of us. They don't, they don't like that, you know, we have a show where we challenge the establishment. So what we're going to see with this, with Twitter's, you know, policy is Project Veritas, got to go. Andy knows reporting, got to go. If we do, a, we, we did a story on uh, Fauci's, uh, uh, the, NIA, the NIAID funding monkey maximum pain experiments. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, you can't publish those photos or that information about Fauci. It's private information. They will just decide. They've already done it with the Hunter Biden laptop story. They don't care about hacked information. Tons of hacked information has come up. They don't block it. Now they're just formalizing the rule and letting you know. The end result of this is over the next several years, eventually everyone will just be watching CNN. Hmm. A lot of people say CNN's ratings are in the gutter. CNN got 100 million views on YouTube this month. We on this show, I think, got like 25. Right. Tim Cast altogether maybe has like 40. So it's that's great. That's right. that's awesome. CNN is being given 100 million views. We we fight for that. We 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 work every day. We we tell every we beg. We drop on it. We get down and we say, please, listener, share <laughs> this video because we aren't being promoted the way CNN is by YouTube, and they get free money, free yeah. promotion. You're, th- you're thriving in spite of everything that YouTube. It's the same thing that the Daily Wire, you know, where I work, where I work at the Daily Wire. Uh, we do really well on Facebook. And, uh, the, the, the media is, the corporate media is always putting out these, uh, these like exposés about, oh, look how well the Daily Wire is doing on Facebook. Obviously, right. obviously Facebook, uh, favors right-wing content or look what, look what Facebook is doing to help out the Daily Wire. It's absurd, of course. We're doing well in spite of everything Facebook has done. To, uh, to stifle it, but this is just their, their way of getting rid of the, the competition. They don't like the fact that, that we do. And the, the reason why we do well is because people actually want this content because they're looking for just common sense and truth and that sort of thing. It may be that, um, you know, we are wading through the muck and the mire and the, the, the water seems to be rising trying to hold, you know, hold us back, but it, they're losing. They're, they're losing. At, when, when I look at how, how ex- explosive the Daily Wire has been, like what you guys have been doing, mm. they can't stop you. Dude, you're gonna you're gonna shatter through that. They set up this barrier trying to hold you guys back, but you're breaking through. CNN it. is on life support. It's like they're on yes. a gurney being wheeled out <laughs> yeah. in front of the White House, and they're like, everyone's like, "Hey, look, put all the cameras on CNN right now." And it's like, it's obvious that that's a dying art form. Yeah, clear. yeah. there's yeah. this episode of The Outer Limits where this really old guy, you know, death is trying to take him to the other side, but he keeps he's super rich, so he pays. People to like keep giving him new hearts, and he's on like a sixth heart transplant. Mm, That's CNN. Yes, they're just like <laughs> like Ian explained it, but it's worse than that. They're like, well, <laughs> all decrepit. Another thing to really kind of think about here is that a lot of CNN viewers are force fed CNN. People have to go out and find alternative media. People mm-hmm. have to go out and find Timcast, Daily Wire, We Are Change, and and that 
in itself is a huge victory that we're still able to survive when, of course, in the cyber gulags, they're literally shoving it down your throat and people are still spitting it out and saying, wait, wait, hold on. There, there has to be something better. Uh, there has to be something more nutritious for my body and my mind out there that actually has some semblance of truth and responsibility in it. And that's when they find other people that and, and they're making it more and more difficult for for them to find us. But people still are. Yeah, thankfully. because I think that the corporate media is really fighting with their free market right now, which is really interesting to me because they're trying to throttle it. And I'm a little bit concerned that the next step is going to be something like a government monopoly like that genuinely concerns me watching the collusion between um, the Democrats and the corporate media as Luke it reminds us to call it um, it's very very troubling to me to watch and see the reflection that like the parents in Loudoun County are talking about how this very much reminds me of the cultural revolution in China and I can't imagine that the government was exactly you know easy on the media when they were trying to compel every single person in the country to com- com- conform with their will so i'm not sure what the next step is but it's a little little bit unsettling yes state media crackdown you got to watch out for that i've explained i've explained it several times is this there's there's this big island we're on it's just sheer cliff on all sides and you have people on the right side of this the the waves crash the cliff erodes and and the far right falls into the ocean what's next is conservatives the waves crash the cliff erodes the conservatives all fall in then you've got you know moderate slightly center-right individuals then the centrists and what's left is going to be people who believe anyone to the right of Mao is far right. Yes. That's who's going to be left standing. Exactly. Or to be fair, a gigantic corporate, you know, monolith saying you guys are useful idiots for us. We accept that. Well, I'm a little bit concerned because I'm going to make kind of an esoteric reference here, but there is a poem, but I think William Butler Yeats, where he uh, it's called The Second Coming. And he talks about how the worst of are full of like this ridiculous intention and they have a strong desire to commit these worst acts and the best are just like silent and he says in that poem that the center cannot hold that is so interesting to me because i've heard the expression you know if you stay in the center of the road you get going to get run over so i wonder if these values at the center holds it's possible that the edges are being whittled away enough and that their beliefs are weak enough that they're just gonna you know there there was a there was a left and a right in this country and it started to split further and further apart. There's an amazing graphic by uh, graph by Pew Research where it shows from 1994 till today how the left and the right have moved. Mm-hmm. And the right has moved like a teeny bit to the right and the left has shot super far left. At at that point, you know, I always thought it's like, okay, well, we're really polarized when in, when in reality what actually happened is it got so far that it broke off into two different realities. Yeah, and there is, that's the thing. There is no, there is no uh, center or moderate position anymore because right. in between that is sort of like a, an abyss. And, mm-hmm. and you, you look at any, the, the issue that I've written this book about, Johnny the Walrus, at johnnythewalrus.com, uh, is, is just like this because there's a question here. Okay. Of, can a four year old boy, uh, be a girl if he says that he is? And the answer to that question is either yes or no. There, there's, there's no in between. Well, I'm kind of moderate on that. Um, bi- bi- biology. Your biological sex. That's either a reality or it's not. And, uh, so many issues are like this now where well, it's, you, you have, you really have to choose. It's a time of choosing and you have to decide. I'm, I'm either on the side of reality or not. Uh, I don't think there's a moderate this, position. This is what's been happening. I mean, this is a really good example that there, uh, when you had, um, who was that professor who was debating Jordan Peterson? Nicholas Matt? Was that his mm, name? Yeah, that person. So, uh, this, this professor who was in Canada said, there's no such thing as biological sex. That's, right. that's, that's a misconception. And I, I would break that down, but in the interest of time, I won't. 
There are people who genuinely say things like that. Now, as we were, we were talking about earlier, people don't question their reality. So if you have people who are born being told the moon is made of cheese, their whole life, they would never question it. It's, it's you know, the interesting thing about, uh, uh, I, I grew up Catholic uh, uh, for several years, and then my family left the church. But I actually could understand faith-based arguments on the nature of reality. Why? Well, there's a lot of great philosophers in, in many of these religions. So when you actually come with a really, uh, with, a, with an actual religion, many of them, I think, are kind of, you know, out there. Some of them have very interesting, intelligent thinkers. Then I look at wokeism and it's just garbled nonsense that makes no sense. But these people act as though they're part of a giant religion. It's a non-theistic religion. Yeah. That, yeah, I, I think I would even draw, I don't know if this is a real definitional distinction or not, but I, like there's a difference between a, a religion and a cult. Mm. And, um, I, I, I would look at wokeists or whatever we want to call them. It's more of a cult. It's kind of like Scientology. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Because the thing about a religion, say the Christian religion, for example, is that um, it has a lot to say about the world, about human nature, that, that even if you're not part of that religion, you can still understand and gain something from it. You don't have to be a, a Christian to read the Gospels and, and derive something from it and find it quite beautiful and useful. Uh, whereas this wokest stuff, I mean, I just, on, on my show, I read uh, there was this, I forget who shared it, but it was um, a, a, mass, a gender studies master's thesis at, from the University of, of Wisconsin-Milwaukee that uh, someone found online and they just shared it and just the intro of it. And it's, it's woke you know, CRT garbage, but it makes no sense at all. It's totally, it's this like insul insular thing where you have to be in it to even understand what they're talking about. So if you're not with, with, with a real religion, you can gain some wisdom from it. Even if you're not, if, even if you're not in it with a cult, like Scientology, you have to be in it first to uh, be indoctrinated into their kind of logic to even know what the hell they're trying to say. It's, yeah. It's, Non-white is a good word. You got to learn the definition of, it's, it's, you can start to understand it, it, the language. It, it, like and, and one 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 phrase that was used in this thing was was the phrase anti-racist racist. Yes. And it's just right. It means nothing. It makes no sense, but you have to be first. You have to be indoctrinated into the cult first and then you kind of can this make is, sense of it. This this is kind of what I, you know, I was meaning to get to, right? Like or trying to explain with uh, a good example is V for Vendetta. Love this movie. When Evie goes to that comedian's house and he shows her his secret you know, room where he's got, I think it's gay porn or something like that. Yeah. Because like he's that. like, if the police found out I had this. Yeah. And uh, she also says, is that a Quran? Mm -hmm. She's like, but you're, you're not Muslim. And he says, I don't need to be Muslim to find its stories moving or its imagery beautiful or something like that. And that's, that, that's a great point. 
Uh, I don't think you have to believe in, in, in the religion to read it and understand some of the ideas to agree or disagree with some of these things. But when I've tried reading woke science, like woke uh, thesis, you know, reports or whatever, or like scientific, I don't know, humanities, whatever you call academic them. Academic stuff. Academic studies. Yeah. It's like, they'll say something like extrapolating the anti-whiteness of white reasoning in white supremacist agriculture through the medieval archetypes. And you're like, it doesn't mean anything. It right? doesn't mean yeah, it, you need to learn the language. No, 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 that's, no, no. What I'm saying is quite literally, it doesn't mean anything. And what you get are people mindlessly saying things that don't mean anything to each other mm. just to try and sound like they know more than they do. It's meant, so, yeah, it's meant to confuse you. It's yes. meant to have you in this state of like, what, what's going on? Two plus two equals five. Yes, it is. Of course it is. Yes. Just be, tell me what be, to beyond, believe in. Beyond that, it's, it's to go like this. Luke, 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 Luke. You know, uh, you, you clearly don't understand. Look, when I wrote my thesis on the archetypal white supremacist, anti-racist, racist, uh, conflating with, with, with Antifa and the women's sin of northern medieval tribes, you, if you don't understand that, then certainly you must step back and give me the room and the floor to speak. Because you are not an expert here. As, and a, then you're as, like, a, that as an official person of color, <laughs> I <right>. decline <laughs> your... Uh, and <laughs> I'm, I'm mixed race, Luke. Oh, snap. Well, that doesn't matter. I think I'm on the hierarchy here. You're, actually, that's true. That's true. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't you know, lose. I don't know if I you win. know this, you but uh, the Coalition for Communities of Color have said that Slavic people mm. are people of color. Really? So blonde hair, blue-eyed yep. Luke Rydkowski is a person of color. Well, po- Polish, Polish born. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much. I, I have my card. I laminated it, and I've been using it ever since. So, so actually, for your struggles, Luke. I, I, <laughs> Thank Luke, you, Ian. Luke, I do defer to you on the progressive stack because I'm actually uh, German, Irish, British. And then part Korean. So I'm actually more white and you're Slavic. So you're all, you know, 100% personal color. Exactly. So yeah. I definitely trust you, you on that. But I'll, I, st- I'll <laughs> stop speaking. I'll just give you the Thank you very much. You. I mean, uh, we should call this show what it, what it is, <laughs> you know, the Radowski hour. But yeah, anyway, right. no, what it is, it's also screeching. It's also a lot of emotion. It's also a lot of manipulation. And there's also no redemption in this kind of church of the cult that's being promoted on individuals that is absolutely just spewing nonsense. And I think this nonsense is done deliberately in order to acquiesce the general public into compliance, into having them on their knees, literally saying, yes, I will obey whatever crazy wombs you decide for me. Because when you have someone at a state where they don't even know what they believe in, you have a state where they could be very easily controlled and manipulated at the whim of a mob that, of course, is also manipulated on social media and um, and, and weaponized in a way where it creates people's actions to be manipulated by them so so i think that's an aspect here that we also should entertain with big tech's involvement in the kind of pushing of this cult i saw this hilarious like meme i guess and it said capitalism everybody is poor and a few people are rich communism nobody nobody is rich a few party members control everything socialism ever anybody can be rich but nobody is ever poor and i was just like man these people are insane but that's you know i bring that up because the goal is Communism and socialism, what's the difference? Honestly, very little, but there's a distinction, right? Socialism is the economic system. Communism is more the political system. Both are effectively the same thing. The means of production are owned by the people. What tends to happen is the same thing. Powerful elites gain control of everything, and then everyone is poor and suffers, and centralized planning doesn't work. But they use language manipulation to be like, we're not communists. In socialism, no one's poor. It's literally said that the end goal of socialism is 
always communism. And I believe this to be the case based on what socialism does. Like it's very, very similar. This is how they manipulate with language. I know. They're good. Let's, let's, let's jump to this next story and get into, uh, you know, just, I guess some of the goings on. And, uh, this story scares me. This is the Kim Potter trial, manslaughter charge in taser, 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 shooting death of Dante, right? So the news today is they're doing jury selection. The story is important because this is what happens when you start losing your, your core moral framework. So one of the things we were just talking about is the Judeo-Christian moral framework, how within it, I believe, you know, in the past there were some, you know, a lot of bad ideas in culture, but a lot of good ideas persisted. A lot of bad ideas felt, you know, were, were, were uh, no longer carried on. And that's, 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 that's good news. We have free speech. We have life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. We have individual liberties. We have the innocent until proven guilty. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the, the concept of being innocent until proven guilty is literally in the Bible. And the formulation uh, of this idea expanded throughout history. Blackstone's formulation is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. To Benjamin Franklin, it is better that 100 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. Literally comes from the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. If there is but one righteous person, I will not destroy the, you know, the city. Or I'm, you probably know better than I do, Matt. I bring this up as we get into the story because... As we begin losing these values to a cult, as I like to call it, I, I think, I don't know, Matt, you refer to them basically the same way. Uh, they don't care about justice. They don't care about what's right. They just say, we want retribution and we want you to suffer. So what happens in the shooting of Dante Wright is a police officer was trying to arrest a man on a felony weapons charge. He had a warrant. The dude breaks free and jumps into his car. She yells, taser, 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 but pulls out her gun, shoots him. He drives off, crashes, dies from the gunshot wound. She would have been justified. Most, I think most legal experts say if someone's wanted on a felony weapons charge and flees and jumps in their vehicle about to grab something, Mm -hmm. then the police are justified in assuming that's a deadly threat. But because she said taser and because they said it was an accident, she's getting charged with manslaughter. Like many of the trials we've seen so far with Rittenhouse, with Chauvin, with Ahmed Arbery, all of these cases are political are not based in whether or not we are going to try and find the facts. It's based on whether or not we can win in the public space. And the biggest advantage the right has is that they're not willing to commit harm against others. The left is. The leftists will burn down a city to get what they want. And that means these these people running these trials, these jurists, uh, jurors, the uh, uh, the businesses, they're all going to say, just give the left what they Dude, want. I got to say, if the cop was justified in killing this guy, deadly weapons charge, he dives into his car, assuming he's going to grab a deadly weapon. If she yells out, I love you before she shoots him, it's no different than yelling out garble, garble, gar- or taser, taser. It doesn't matter what you yell out yeah. when you're using des- justified deadly force beforehand. Agreed. Yeah. yeah I, I, the other thing to keep in mind, and you almost you already know this based on the track record, but the one thing we know about BLM martyrs, especially the ones from George Floyd and on, is that almost all of them are um, have a history of of really horrific, violent crime, and almost always against women. So Dante Wright is no exception there. Um, I, I think it, yeah, it was a, it was a felony weapons charge that he was wanted on, but that also stemmed from or was related to an armed robbery where he you know allegedly. Um, put a gun to a, to a woman and robbed her and also committed sexual assault, by the way, because mm-hmm. he, he stuffed his hand into her uh, bra looking for the, I, I guess, for the money. And uh, so sexual and choked her. So so it, very similar to what George Floyd did, you know, barging into a woman's house, forcing his way into a woman's house at gunpoint and robbing her. Uh, so Dante Wright did that as well, allegedly. And um, and so we know that. And, and, and also the other thing is I, I look at this as from Kim Potter's perspective, I, you know, I would I would equate it almost to 
like a medical error or something that, uh, that, uh, that maybe would happen with a, a surgeon. People die from medical errors all the time. Sometimes it's reckless and then you get litigation. But oftentimes it's just, it's a life or death situation. Surgeons are human beings. They're not perfect. It's, it's not always going to go the right way. We just sort of understand that we can't lock surgeons in jail every single time a surgery doesn't go the right way. Mm. And, uh, so in this, I look at it, it's kind of a light. She's, she's thrust into this life or death situation that she didn't create. Dante Wright created it. Number one, by being, uh, you know, a felon and wanted on a warrant. And then number two, by fighting the cop. So now he has taken what, what could have, what should have just been a, a normal interaction where he says, okay, I'm going to go with you. I'm wanted on a warrant and that's it. Well, and I'll go to jail. Um, but he, he turns it into this life or death struggle. He decided to do that. And then she makes a mistake in the midst of that. Um, and it's unfortunate that she did, but the idea that now we're going to put you in jail for that, I, I think is, uh, is absurd. She knows honestly. it. She, uh, she's heard on the body camera footage saying, I'm going to prison. Mm. And I think the reason she said that is because of the political landscape. So my attitude, you know what really bugged me is when all of these leftists came out and started saying defund the police, my attitude was like, cops, you just quit. But none of them would do it. As bad as it had gotten. Now, I understand when activists go and say, you know, abolish the police or whatever, you ignore it. When they say abolish the police and then start burning down police departments and then Kamala Harris fundraises for them and Joe Biden wins an election after his staff had been bailing these people out and 25 people die, you get to a point where you're kind of like, maybe you should give the people what they want. And a, a bunch of people on the left got mad at me for saying it because I was like, abolish the police? Okay. And like, he's only saying that because he thinks people will be upset after they realize what happens when the police are gone. And I'm like, maybe, but does it matter if I agree with you? So when I see Kim Potter, and even she seems to know the political ramifications of what's happening today, and they still want to remain cops. The problem I have is that the people of Minneapolis, the people in Minnesota, the people in New York will not stand up for the officers. And then the officers get thrown into the bus. They go to prison for these things. And I'm just like, give the, if the people of these towns are unwilling to take responsibility for their own communities, maybe they should be given a defunded police department to see what happens. Maybe then they'll realize and they'll change their vote. Wasn't this officer, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, on desk duty her entire career and because of defunding efforts, she was put on, on duty here? Yes. And what do you guys make of the argument saying that she should have never been there and that she should be held responsible for making that accident? Because it clearly does seem like she was going after a taser, but she went after a firearm. She didn't have much experience in the field. Do you think there should be some kind of accountability for that? Or what's your rebuttal against people talking well, I, about I that? I think if you look, if if she's obviously done on the force. And so, OK, fine. Um, so there's accountability there. But but I, I would stick by this that he at Dante Wright as the wanted criminal and no they they didn't arrest him i think what was the, what was the original story they told us that um he was arrested for like a an air freshener or something some, some totally bogus yeah. right. bs yep. it was it wasn't that at all he was he was a wanted criminal and he was was there she was trying to arrest him he he is the one who decided to escalate this and turn it into a life or death he he put his life on the line he decided to do that that, that was his decision when you start fighting and physically struggling with a cop that's what's going to happen that doesn't mean that the cop has every right to just pull out a gun and shoot you no matter what but um the moment that you especially as a wanted felon on a, on a weapons charge the moment that you decide to make that decision you have now taken your life in your hands and i, I don't think that we should put all that onus on uh, on Kim Potter. No, I agree. And, and let's throw it to uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Joseph Rosenbaum threatened and then decided to attack a young man carrying a rifle. Mm. He created the danger. Kyle Rittenhouse didn't do it. Kyle Rittenhouse fled from the attack and tried to get away. 
And then the Zelensky fired the gun. I think when we look at a lot of these stories, the, 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 there's a big factor in whether or not the individual was the person who instigated or created the harm. Now, of course, the left is now lying about, first they lied here. He was pulled over for an air freshener. The cops, it was unjust because they need the cops to be the ones who created the danger. When in reality, we know this story is not the case. We know Kyle Rittenhouse didn't create the danger. And then I'll throw it to the Ahmed Arbery case. Ahmed Arbery ran towards the truck where the McMi- Travis McMichael was armed with a shotgun, f- flanked him around the truck, and then grabbed the shotgun from him. Yeah. So whether or not, you know, I think there, if, if the question of the citizen's arrest in that regard is that it was not legal, then yeah, you can't stop someone while armed. It's false imprisonment. It's a felony. And then if the person dies, that's felony murder. But what we, we also have to consider that Ahmed Arbery was the one who tried grabbing the shotgun for him, creating that danger. Now, in that one, it's a little more complicated right. because you can argue the danger was created by the McMichaels right. for trying to stop him. That's why I think that one's a little more murky and nuanced. But ultimately, ultimately, my point is, I think we typically say we side with those who are being responsible and not trying to create the danger. But what happens when the danger is resolved and the person who didn't create it is the one who's still alive? We don't lock them up in prison. Yeah, it, it's and it's made. Uh, I, I talk to cops all the time. I'm sure you have, and uh, I, I still I have the same question. I respect the hell out of police officers who still decide to do this job, but they're in a position right now. I, I can't imagine doing this when you know that the moment, like you said, Kim Potter said, I, I'm going to prison for this. They know that the moment a a criminal decides to turn things physical. The police officer is in a no-win situation. No matter what happens after this, they lose possibly everything. Either they could die, and if they don't die, if they, if they commit the sin of not dying, then um, they could lose their whole life and go to prison. And that's it's a it's a total. It, it, you, we can't have a functioning civilization when our law enforcement officers are put in positions like this. This is this is why I'm um, almost entirely for abolishing the police. Almost entirely because you know part of me is like the police uh, as uh, law enforcement makes sense. We need, in my opinion, good functioning law enforcement. I think uh, many of our anarchists and, you know, more ANCAP friends might be like, Mur. but uh, I, I do. I think if you have a functioning legal system, you basically have which is what is supposed to be a neutral arbiter for conflict in, 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 in our, pop, our, our, you know, dense environments. And that makes sense. I don't want two neighbors showing up and punching each other in the face to, mm. because they can't resolve a dispute. The cops get called, come, and they say, we're the ones who are going to handle this. That makes sense to me. The problem I have now is that with that, you know, proposition you've mentioned, the police know, okay, I pulled this guy over. Now he's giving me the business. I'm out. I'm not going to stop him. He's a violent criminal. I'm on a gun charge for armed robbery, but I will not be Kim Potter. But what happens if you get caught with a, with a weapon? What happens if you live in New Jersey and like this woman from Pennsylvania, she drove across the bridge, go to Atlantic City, didn't realize she couldn't do this and had, a, had, a, had her, her legal gun with her. In Pennsylvania, you're allowed to have, have weapons. She drove across the bridge, gets pulled over, and the cop gleefully said, ma'am, you are going to prison for four years and tried to actually destroy her life. The problem I have now is you do have these police like Kim Potter saying, I'm going to prison because she knows the political power of Black Lives Matter. But you had these you had cops in Minnesota traveled south 20 miles to find a salon. I believe it was a salon owner who refused a cafe owner. She refused to close her business during the COVID restrictions. And the sheriff shows up with a smile on his face and arrests her. If these cops are scared of Black Lives Matter to the point where they will let them get away with riots and murder, but they're not scared to arrest regular Americans, working class citizens and conservatives because these people never do anything to resist. We have a police force that will disproportionately imprison good, honest Americans. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Abolish the police. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I am sympathetic to the idea of uh, in these cities where just saying, well, okay, give them give them what they want. If this is what they want, then let them. You know, you look at San Francisco and all the looting and everything. And I know there are a lot of people on the right who are saying, well, hey, that's that's this is what they voted for, so I got no problem with it. Um, and I, I understand that, but then also I can't as as fundamentally a law and order and justice kind of guy. I just hate the idea of, of bad guys winning. And so, yeah, I, I understand that you, you live in San Francisco, you voted for this, but at the same time, these are the bad, these are really bad guys who are doing yeah. the looting and the stealing. And I, I just don't, I don't like the fact well, that they win and, um, the bad guys, you get rid of the cops in the middle of the city and, uh, it's going to be really bad for whatever good people decide to stay there, but the bad guys will love it. I mean, but, they're, they're but fine the, co- the cops are acting like bad guys in many instances. A lot of times there's been a lot of incidences where p- police officers don't respond to crimes. A lot of times police officers just stand by and watch crimes happen because of this kind of chilling effect, which you correctly pointed out. But when it comes to political issues, when it comes to going after people for not doing the mask mandate or not locking down when they were supposed to, they're on people like White on Rice and they go after them and they, and they go after them for the fullest extent of the law. And I think there's an argument to make here that the police forces have been politicized to a point where only certain crimes based on your ideology get punished while others get ignored. I would call that behavior the behavior of bad guys enforcing bad edicts and decrees. I think it's I think we got the I think there were a lot of good cops a lot of good cops quit. I think when the, when it got too hot, you had a lot of cops saying, I'm not going to enforce these mandates and lockdowns. I'll resign. A lot of who are saying, I will not enforce or be part of vaccine mandates. They resign. And who's left remaining? The cops were like, I don't care. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. So uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you believe that, uh, um, like, what's your, what's your stance on the Second Amendment? Fully in favor of it. Yeah. Do, do you think it's like absolute? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I've grown to be, you know, fairly absolute on the Second Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Mm-hmm. It means what it means. It's a verbatim. That means arms, period. It means during the revolutionary period, they were privateers. Privateers had arsenals in, their, in these battleships. They had cannons. They had grape shot. They could take on governments and they would. The privateers would get a letter of mark and then go and disrupt French supply lines. These were private citizens with cannons. And so the founding fathers are like, you can have all this stuff, all of it. Because a militia is a militia just a bunch of guys with muskets. No, no, no. Militia has, has, has weapons, artillery. They have, they have other means. Today, I think if you want to change these laws, if you want to ban guns, well, you got a second amendment to contend with. So the issue now is, in places like Chicago, in New York, where they don't allow you to even bear arms in any capacity. The cops, in my opinion, who would arrest you simply because you have a gun. I don't care if you're a gang member. I don't care if you're Antifa. I don't care if you're a working class plumber. You have a right to keep and bear arms, period. I don't care if you're Gage Grosskreutz in Kenosha at a, at a riot. You have a right to keep and bear arms. You don't have a right to use that weapon illegally to cause damage, to hurt people, but you can have a gun on your person. Second Amendment says it. My opinion is very much thanks to, you know, uh, credit to Michael Malice, mm. who's going to be very excited by the shout out because I'm going to say it again. The police, and this we were talking about this when we were in Austin, a police officer who arrests a person who is constitutionally keeping and bearing a gun and doing nothing else is a bad guy. And the problem I have now if is... He's, if he's constitutionally doing so, yeah. Right, but what, what about a what about a uh, a felon? Some... I, uh, uh, I well, so that's a good argument. Felons have gone through due process and have lost the right to keep and bear arms. That so I would argue that. Um, but I, I've said this before. We had Alan West on the show, and I said I think you get out of prison, you get your gun back, you get your vote back. But many people correctly pointed out that the Constitution's rights can be rescinded through due process, meaning 
You can lose your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness if you commit a crime. We lock you up. And so you can lose your right to keep and bear arms if you commit a serious crime. You go through due process. And then we say, as a felon, you cannot keep and bear arms. That I, I, I agree with. I think there should probably be some, you know, a time limit. It's not just indefinite for the rest of your life. It should be like, and you're now a registered felon for three years. And after that, we allow you to go back to having all your rights or whatever. But my issue is in Chicago, we have a lot of cases where 35-year-old dad, he's got two kids, Chicago's gang territory. He lives on the South side. And he's like, I need a gun to protect my family. But the state won't let him do it. So he gets a gun by driving to Indiana, buying it legally, going home with it. The cops show up at his house. You are going to prison for the next, you know, six years for illegal gun possession, which I don't believe should exist. Those cops, in my opinion, are bad guys. They're, they're, there's good working class people who just want to defend themselves and they get targeted in this way. Or there's, there's two big stories you have, uh, in Chicago, an old, a 60 year old woman from Tennessee was, uh, uh, I think from, or from Kentucky, I'm not sure, was going to Chicago for a vacation and she brought her, you know, snub nose, you know, 38 or whatever. And when she was at this year's tower, now Willis Tower, they asked before she went up to the observation deck, do you have, you know, if you have any weapons, you can go to the metal detector. She said, yeah, I have my, my concealed carry with me and my permit. And the cop was like, all right, ma'am, turn around, hands behind your back, you're under arrest. And she did go to prison. Mm-hmm. They actually sent her to prison and they said, we don't care. Illinois laws are not, you know, Kentucky's. That to me is evil. Agreed. So, so I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think, you know, at that time, you had bad cops and you had a lot of bad cops willing to absolutely enforce laws that are unconstitutional. The main issue I have now is how many resignations have we seen over the past year or two? There's a video of a cop in Seattle being like, you guys win yelling at protesters. I quit. I'm out. I'm not doing this uh-huh. anymore. They've been pressured out by the defund the police, the political pressures of the, of the Soros DAs. And what's left is you got a video from Seattle where a cop, there's a guy walking backwards with a baton or with a bat or something. Antifa is pointing things at him and threatening him. And he's walking backwards with his hands up, telling him to back off. Cops are waiting at the intersection and they yell at him, get on the ground, hands on your head. Then they look over, walk over to Antifa. I'm so sorry about that. Would you, would you mind having your dog step back? I don't want anyone getting hurt. Thank you so much, ma'am. And then they arrest the guy. The guy who was retreating from Antifa is the guy who got arrested. That's the problem I have right now. If cops are, are scared of Black Lives Matter and Antifa, that means it's going to be independents, conservatives, libertarians, who are going to be shuffled into prisons, and they're going to be releasing Antifa or refusing to prosecute. Yeah, I, I think, uh, first of all, the whole following orders excuse is never, that, that that never washes, and we know that historically, and that goes for cops too. And I would agree that, uh, you know, finding someone who's made some, basically, basically that's like a paperwork mistake, where someone re- held the gun legally and they crossed state lines, and then you just decide, okay, I'm going to ruin your life. I'm just, just, just because I can, I'm going to ruin your whole life. Uh, yeah, that, that is, that is definitely evil. And I do agree also that there's a problem when we are actively pushing the good ones out through all the things that you point out. Uh, but I still think that you look at the cops who are, who are still on the force. Um, there, there are still plenty of good ones left. And I've, like I said, I've talked to them myself and the reasons that they give why they're still there. One reason is actually I, I believe in this job and I care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and another reason is a real simple one with this is what I've done my whole life. This is how I feed my family, and uh, this is how I support my family. And I'm I'm always I'm always sympathetic to that because I have four kids myself. I haven't been in a position where I, where I've had to think about am I just going to leave all this behind and and, my, and I w- I won't have a way to feed my kids. Mm. I haven't had to think about that, but um, when when you really have to think about it, it's it's just I can, I can certainly understand someone deciding I'm I'm staying in this because uh it's this is my livelihood. I do agree. I do agree, and I I don't think. 
Um, I think many of the cops that are enforcing this stuff are mindless in that they don't know they don't care. But I think that means the good cops that remain and those who say, look, I know that's bad, but I have to support my family. They need to start enacting police nullification, like jury nullification. The officers should refuse to enforce laws, and many are, that are unconstitutional or unjust. So we have sanctuary counties, sanctuary states for gun rights, where the police have straight up said, we are not going to arrest anybody for, for guns because they have a right to keep and bear them. Now, I think it's reasonable. If I've got some kind of uh, long gun or a handgun on my person, I think if a cop comes up to me and says, you know, we want to check out the weapon to make sure, you know, it's safe and we want to talk to you about it within reason, I'm, I think that's acceptable. But I also think that if you're if I was in an area where, say, you're, 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 the open carry is not allowed or a person was, let's say a person, I believe the police should probably be like, hey, we want to talk to you about the weapon. We want you to know that the statute here is that you can't have the weapon out in public, but we're not going to enforce that because it's unconstitutional. We want to make sure you're not committing any crimes. We want to make sure everything's safe. You're good. Have a nice day, sir. I think the police should be doing that. Uh, but, and they already do. Uh, they do it in favor of BLM. They do it in favor of, <laughs> of Antifa. And we have to call it out for what they're doing. That's and, right. And, and that line, I have to disagree with you a little bit here, Matt. That line, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing this just for my kids, just for my family. This is this is what led to the worst human atrocities all throughout recorded human history. I'm not just talking about Germany. I think that's overplayed, overused. But when we t- look at, you know, for, for Soviet Russia, as an example, with, with the KGB, even if we look at what's happening right now in Australia, people are being hauled off into camps because they were around people that tested positive for COVID and police officers are literally ruining people's lives, telling them that they can't go to the supermarket, denying them basic human rights to food and water, all because they didn't comply with the whims of the state and the state is only willing to pull it off because officers saying, well, I'm just doing my job. I just have to feed my family. I think it's dangerous and I think that needs to be called out. Yeah. Just to, to clarify on that point, uh, yeah, I don't accept that excuse for police officers who are doing something evil, like we talked about. That, that's not, that's, I agree with you there. That, that is, that goes into the, I'm following orders, I'm feeding my family. If you're doing something evil, you're doing something evil. There's no excuse for it. I'm talking about in general, we look across the country, the police officers who, in spite of all of this, are still on the force. Why are they there? I think, uh, the good ones anyway. I, I think that's when you get into two reasons. One is, I really believe in this and I want to do it. And the other is, I'm feeding my family. Um, and so it's not just that the only cops who remain across the board are, you know, the bad ones. I don't think that's true. Let's talk about Australia. The first thing I want to do is uh, highlight. We have this article here. Uh, NT records no new cases of COVID-19 overnight following nine Binjari cases. This is Australian news desperately trying to bury the lead about the military transporting the indigenous to COVID camps. I want to show you this from breaking 911. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the that's the wrong one. Where is it? It's, it's right here. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Talia Sarf. Breaking. Nine News has been told several people have absconded the Howard Springs quarantine facility early this morning. The police investigation is right now underway. Talia is a reporter. I believe she is the senior reporter for Nine News Darwin. Uh, Can anybody define absconded for me? Uh, I I believe that means they up and left. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a word I made up. Yeah, it does. Uh, Yes, it means they up and left. Yes. (laughs) And the police are investigating. Oh, what? Why? That's crazy. I thought it was voluntary to be at the the quarantine facility. Yeah, I thought they were having fun taking Instagram selfies selfies. of themselves. Let me show you this. This is from abc.net.au. This is Australian Broadcast News. Mm. And they have the... Let me see. Where's the story? I'm always struggling to find the the part in here where they talk about the 38. Here we go. He said... This is Gunnar. This is the minister of the, uh, the Northeast Territories. 
He said the authorities had identified 38 close contacts in Binjari, a number he said would likely rise, who were transported to Howard Springs on Sunday. Uh, Mr. Gunner said cases in Binjari were very concerning, but not surprising, yada, yada. He went on to thank, uh, he thanked the, uh, the military, the ADF for, for sending, I think they sent out 20 individuals to help transport mm. these people. He's in, in, uh, urging them all to get vaccinated. And let me see if this is in the article as well. Authorities have identified, okay, so that's not it. There is, a, there's another article, I don't have it pulled up, where they say, in the speech he gave, he said that Binjari will be entering hard lockdown. That means the citizens no longer have the five reasons to leave their house, which is exercise, food, visiting your your one contact or whatever, whatever the five reasons are. Quite literally, this man has said, if you are in this this territory, you cannot leave your house to eat. That's insane. Then they've started transporting close contacts and suspected cases to the quarantine facilities. Now, I'm reasonably assured by Claire Lehman of Quillette that uh, <laughs> this is uh, um, impoverished communities who need desperate help and are being bought, brought to uh, to hospitals. And I'm a blowhard who has no idea what he's talking about. Jesse Single, the reporter, says Tim Pool is pushing dangerous conspiracies or some other garbage nonsense. In reality, it's Jesse who hasn't done a single Google search of this before regurgitating garbage nonsense. What I have said is quite simply... If you tell indigenous people they can't leave their homes to eat and then say, but by all means, get in the military vehicle or whatever vehicle being driven by the ADF to go to the quarantine facility, it's not voluntary. And if it was, we wouldn't be see, we wouldn't see people absconding. And if the people did abscond from the facility, you wouldn't see police putting out press releases saying they've started an investigation to search for those who scaled the the offense and escaped. Yeah, they had a national manhunt for a man that sneezed yeah, in an elevator <laughs> in Australia. This was, this was also the same guy, I believe his name was Gunner, who came out and publicly said that if you took the vax, but you don't like the mandates, that you're an anti-vaxxer because you're providing aid, support, and comfort to anti-vaxxers. That's his definition of an anti-vaxxer wow. now, is aiding and supporting anyone who doesn't like what the government is doing on their whims. And they, and they literally took, this was a couple of days ago, 38 indigenous people had the military haul them off into these quarantine camps because they had close contact with someone who allegedly tested positive. So there's also indigenous people coming out and making videos alleging that they are being kidnapped, that they're also having forced to be medicated. So again, it's it's still untrue if any of these allegations are true or not, but these are some of the allegations against the state of Australia that is becoming more Orwellian and more dangerous dangerous by the day and i wouldn't be surprised if these accusations were true what is is it the uh the lowest level of hell is that how it works in uh, dante's the inferno rings. yeah i'm not sure which one is Betrayal? it are you, are you familiar with dante's inferno yeah yeah is it the lowest level is that how you would say it properly there, uh, there's that there's that saying that the lowest level is is reserved for for um traitors mm-hmm. disloyal yeah. i think is that i don't know but i'm, I'm reminded of that line circle, from yeah, yeah. um that, that great line from pirates of the caribbean where he yeah, says it's inner, the the inner circle of hell you yeah yeah I think I think what Jack Sparrow says is the lowest level of hell is reserved for betrayers and mutineers. And he says huh. that to the people who betrayed him and right. mutinied or whatever. And that's why I think it's really important to um, bring this up in the context of Claire Lehman of Quillette. Are you familiar with, with Quillette? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was very much an intellectual dark web publication a few years ago, challenging wokeness and, you know, the orthodoxy of the of the cathedral and the state. And now 
Claire Lehman has become an overt state propagandist, literally posting pictures of bikini clad women enjoying their stay at the forced quarantine facility where we are now getting indigenous people transported to and the police now putting out press releases to try and find those who've absconded from them. Yeah. Uh, can I read the definition of abscond real oh, fast? Yeah, I it. looked it up. Okay. So absconding is leaving hurriedly and secretly, typically to avoid detection of or arrest for an unlawful action such as theft. So... They're definitely concerned about so it's being by force. detained. This is 100% by force. No one is, is going here voluntarily to be detained by force out. and you can't yeah. leave. And they're literally admitting it in the words they use. There was a woman who, who escaped and they went on a hunt to try and find her, a man who escaped. Now we have this story. Mm. The thing about Claire is that she's, uh, uh, look, I made a tweet where I referred to these camps as concentration camps. I was being hyperbolic. It's Twitter. Someone said, here's a, here's a picture of their quarantine facilities. And then I put asterisk concentration camp. She took that and went off and called me, you know, insulted me and said that I was exaggerating. And my point was, look, we've already seen videos. There's a video. I don't know if you've seen it, Matt, where a guy is at his house and the police pull up and the, and the media is there waiting and they interview him as he's being brought out and arrested by the cops, arrested, quote unquote. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. They're telling me I've tested positive for COVID and I guess I'm going to go in this van and go with them. And they announced that he will be indefinitely quarantined. That's literally what they said in the press reports. I'm like, I don't know where they brought him, but this video exists. My point was, if they build camps to house people they say are a danger or undesirable, how long until they are concentration camps where they go to a community and say, you are being transported to this facility? How long until there's a protest against the lockdowns? And they say, oh, the anti-lockdown protest was a super spreader event. Got to round up all those protesters mm-hmm. and send them to quarantine because they could be infected. And I was told by a reporter for ABC, I was told by Claire Lehman that I was a conspiracy theorist. I was told that these were just international arrival bungalows. And now more and more we're learning they are forcefully denying people food, forcefully relocating with military assistance, and people are trying to escape these facilities. I don't care if the photos look lovely, and they've posted great little photos of the beds and little welcome packs and sandwiches and smiling hot babes in bikinis. You want to put out propaganda, by all means, do it. But when you put out reports about people trying to escape this place, yeah, I'm going to call it a concentration That was the camp. cops on words, I think. Escape, right? Didn't he just say? Yeah. We're trying yeah. to prevent I'm, these people from I'm going to use that when I leave here. Yeah. <laughs> you will be absconded. <laughs> Matt, you had yet. something to say? Yeah, I, I think people, when you use words like concentration camp, and I think you can make an argument for, for that for that phrase in a kind of a literal sense. It's a it's a, a camp where there's a concentration of, of people there. But and then we get into the semantics. Ah, oh, you, you can't say that. It's we're calling it a rival bungalow. I think one thing is that people there's a lot. There are a lot of people who 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 they just cannot wrap their heads around the idea that things could really get that bad or be that bad. You know, the idea that the government would put people into camps at all. It's like we don't. You know, that's in the past. That's not a thing that happens anymore. We we we've moved past that as as a world. It's just it's just not possible. They don't want to accept the reality or the possibility that um, that that something like that could even happen. I think that's a lot of what that is. The Nazis didn't come out one day and say, "Everybody, we're going to execute you in death camps. Get in the trucks." That's not how it went down. There there's horrifyingly photos of people smiling getting in these vehicles, getting on these trains. People were posting them on Twitter. Yeah, and they used the excuse of a sickness to uh, get a lot of people away from their communities to go on the trains. Um, and one of my favorite responses to uh, that lady that you just mentioned, that's Claire. Uh, Claire? Claire Lemon. Claire, Lemon, yeah. yeah. One, one of my favorite responses to her tweet was a picture of a Japanese internment camp, and it was the Japanese people playing 
um, softball. And let's, look, these Japanese <laughs> people nice, really yeah. enjoyed the, their internment camps here in the United States as well. They were playing sports, and 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 that's akin to again compare. It's not fair to really compare a lot of World War II stuff, but when we're Going into a place where the government is saying that you're an anti-vaxxer because you're aiding and supporting people's uh, ideology uh, and, and not believing in the government. That's that when you very... oppose, he said when you oppose the mandate, yes. you are anti-vaccine. Yes. Exactly. You're an anti-vaxxer. That's very dangerous la- language. The state is empowering themselves with powers that they shouldn't have. Godlike authority over individuals' sovereignty, over individual bodily autonomy. And when that happens, historically, bad things we, happen. Yeah, we, we should just be able to say that if we're in a position where the government is forcibly containing people against their will who have not committed a crime or even been accused of a crime, then that leads to very bad places. And and people get upset about Holocaust comparisons and everything. And sometimes they get caused like, well, that's anti-Semitic, which of course is absurd because the point of the, of the comparison is that this is a really bad thing. And the other point of the comparison is that we don't want it to get like, we've, we've seen in history how bad it can get when you allow the government this kind of leeway. We don't want it to get there. So let's, let's pay attention now. Before, but also the response to my, you know, tweets was that people were saying, well, is there evidence they're taking these people by force, Tim? Is there evidence that these indigenous people were forced by the military to go? And I'm like, why is that even a question? That is that is a propaganda manipulation in an attempt to try and make it seem like people are happily going into forced lockdown where they're not allowed to leave. And so, they're not even sick. They're just suspected of being sick. That's I'll, another crazy element of here that we need to talk about as well. I'll put it this way. If you are told you can't leave your home, you are told that you're not allowed to go outside for food, and then... We do have a van waiting outside to take you to a quarantine facility where you will not be allowed to leave, but we do have food. Yeah, they're forcing you. Like if you lock someone in their house and starve them and say, you can only come out when you agree to go to the camp Ah. where you'll never be allowed to leave. Well, for two weeks or however long they hold you. Right. Then you are forcing them. Yeah, so it's interesting that you mentioned concentration camps. I was just reading about Hannah Arendt, and she was one of the Jews who managed to escape um, the Nazis. Uh, She talked about how hope was very much one of the Jews' worst enemies during the Holocaust because people would get on the trains voluntarily, which is real freaking interesting that Claire mentions that people are voluntarily doing this. And that she, she's she spreading never said propaganda. That. She never she said voluntary. That? No, no, no. What happened was she interesting. said... She admitted, she agreed that these people are being relocated, and she said it was because they're from poor communities mm. that don't have access to hospitals. Mm. Other Australians commented, what do you mean? It was called the Catherine Hospital or whatever is right there. The immediate response from the propaganda says, oh, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Of a, it's barely a hospital. I thought you said there was no hospital. That's I thought you said it wouldn't happen. Now it is happening, and you're saying it's a good thing. Then, of course, when there was a massive backlash, because no, in no context is this good, the media in Australia and, and the government officials started saying that me and a few other people were conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. And I am proud to say that in one of her tweets, she referred to Ma- uh, Majid Nawaz and I as conspiracy theorists putting up false information. And I'm honored yeah. to be named to be alongside uh, Majid Nawaz. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great thinker. He's a, he's a brilliant guy. He's a, he's a good dude. And um, wow. You know, I, I thank you. Yeah. That's a yeah, great compliment. It's amazing. And it turns out um, they can lie all they want. But all I'm doing is literally quoting their official news sources, yeah. The Guardian, and their own police releases. I'm just critical of what they're doing, and they don't like it. Hmm. I just, I just saw a chat that said Auschwitz had a. <laughs> wouldn't you have an opera house? Interesting. And a swimming pool? Is this I, 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 I look, look, look. Maybe it didn't. 
What people, they, the history is condensed when people look at it. So our, our last understanding of what happened with the concentration camps is how horrifying it was. And we all know what, what they did. Right. But you're not going to get millions of people to load themselves into train cards by telling them what your end plan is. Exactly. And not only that, I was reading about this. And the craziest thing was that there were a lot of Jewish people in Germany who didn't believe it. When, when the, when the op-eds were coming out saying the, the Nazis wanted to do this stuff, we're planning on doing it, they were like, eh, that'll never happen. This is exactly what we're seeing now with you, Australia. You know what happened when the American troops came in and the French and the British came in and liberated those camps? You know what they did to those German people that pretended like they didn't know what was going on? Hmm. They f- put them into forced labor and made them clean the camps. Interesting. Wow. Don't act like that. that's yeah. not going on. Yeah. Well, a lot of the, you know, concentration camps were deemed also work camps. That's where, uh, my family was sent into my, uh, uh great, great grandmother. Uh, was of course sent into one of these camps because they didn't like what was going on. They wouldn't sign their Polish citizenship over to a German citizenship. They resisted. Uh, the Stasi beat up my great grandfather, killed him. They sent my great grandmother to a work camp and they sent my grandmother, who's still alive, into one of the work camps as well. And of course they didn't tell him like, hey, this is where things are, you know, they didn't tell him like, hey, this is where their, their plan, obviously. They, they always said what people wanted to hear or needed to hear in order to comply and go along. And then, uh, you know, the story I'm told by my grandmother is once my great-grandmother resisted and was trying to organize something at one of the labor camps, they sent her to a different camp, and that was one of the concentration camps located near uh, Gdansk, Poland, uh, and that's where she went missing while my grandmother stayed at that work camp and then was there uh, ever since, of course, then Russians came in and then the Soviets came in and then took over Poland and then ruled in their own decree. And she even says that what the Soviets did was even in many instances even worse than what the Germans did uh, to the Polish people. The, the original definition of concentration camp was a camp where a group of people are concentrated for you know a variety of reasons. But that was... 1800s, you know, with, with World War II, concentration camp came to take a very serious meaning, which typically refers to camps where people are brought to eventually die. Right. So, of course, I'll be the first to say, when I said asterisk concentration camp, I am, of course, being hyperbolic to make a point. Right. Don't let governments build camps. Pick people up and force them to go there. Let's not go there. Bad things happen whenever that happens. Right. I think it would also be helpful, maybe just as a as a collective, as a, as a culture, if we... One of the problems we go, we go to the, the Holocaust analogy all, all the time because it's it's one thing that we know that everybody will will it's one of the few historical facts that we know that everyone that everyone knows but uh, but maybe we expand our historical analogies because there are many examples. In fact, you don't have to go that far geographically or in terms of timeline to find I, I think maybe even better comparisons to what we're going through right now in Stalin's Soviet Union. There there's there you know some some parallels there as well. So part part of the problem is that we always go to the to the to the Holocaust, and that's because of the kind of like in our culture the historical illiteracy that we can't talk about any other historical event and, and be sure that everyone's going to know what, even what we're referring to. Right. Right. Everybody basically knows what went down in World War II, huh. and so it's the, it's an easy reference to make. It's so powerful, pronounced, should, and, yeah. and and it was it's like the epitome of evil in a lot of people's minds. Even though the Holodomor, what Stalin was doing, was massively evil. What what did the communists kill? A hundred million people. I so, mean, that, yeah, that, that yeah, was a that, that is to this day a dangerous ideology. And when you look at what's going on today, it's kind of scary that. I mean, these people still exist. They're gaining power. They're uh, pushing their ideas through institutions. 
And it's worrying what that would mean for the rest of us if we don't stand up, speak out now and, and you know, challenge the, these institutions and try and get jobs there. And there's so much that needs to be done to try and push back on this stuff. Yeah, my, my grandmother, who literally saw her father killed by the Stasi, said that the Soviets were way worse than the Germans uh, comparatively to what they did to the Polish people. There's also a lot of Polish intellectuals, a lot of professors, a lot of scholars that were literally taken away in the middle of the night by the Soviets and then executed in the middle of woods. No one really likes to talk about that as well, but there was a large number of executions. A lot of people sent to labor camps, which of course eventually led to them dying in these labor camps because of the conditions there. And uh, truly, you know, you know, Germany is, is, is one aspect of it, but there's a whole other aspect that absolutely is being significantly underplayed. And that of course is what communism has done to the world. The, the Gulag Archipelago is a book. That should be yes. a sign. It should be a sign reading in public school and yeah. of course it isn't but that's something that uh, at least the first two volumes and it's kind of it, it seems like a daunting task to read but uh, it actually it reads it, you, you could read through it pretty quickly um given what it is and 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 uh, that of course Sol- solzhenitsyn in, in the, the first i think it's the first chapter of the first volume uh kind of plays in a lot of what we're talking about here is because he talks about how you know the uh, secret police would show up and they would just you know they would they'd show up one day and they'd just arrest you and they're gonna send you off to a labor camp and you'll be gone for 10 15 years or you'll never come back maybe and everyone knows that this is going on and yet they everyone just still convinces themselves that it, it won't happen to them yep. it, it can't be that real and right. so he talks about how somehow even though like you see your this happens to your neighbor it happens to your your cousin your aunt the person across the street and yet when they come for for you you're still shocked and in a panic and and surprised this is happening uh, because it's something psychologically where we just can't believe that it'll happen I, to us. I think that when they finally do come for you, it's under the guise of it's just come with us. It's a it's, it's a temporary for your safety. Thing. It's for your safety, and people just go okay, and they grab their bag and they peacefully go along with them. And then yeah. they hope it'll work out. Yep. Yeah. Because people just they keep saying it can never happen here, and look at so much that has happened here. It's literally mm-hmm. happening right now all around us: the lockdowns, the restrictions, the mandates. And people are still saying it's fine, it's normal, it can't happen here. The illegal mandates that yep. were, uh, again, shirked by the courts, I hear. Living in again. good times and living in peace is an exception to the rule. The rule of history is conflict, it's fighting, it's democide. I mean, my uncle, not so long ago, kidnapped by the Soviets, tortured uh, by, of course, the government there for not having its paperwork at a random paper please checkpoint well, uh, in Poland. People need to understand. Luke, you were born in the Soviet Union. Well, you were yep. born in a Soviet satellite. Yep. Like yep. the Soviet Union existed and, and you were born in a country that was experiencing this. This is within our lifetimes. Yep. This stuff was going down. And it could happen again. I mean, a lot Here, of people who live yeah. through it are saying the same exact thing is happening repeating people are making a lot of references to the cultural revolution in china people are making a lot of references to what happened in uh, soviet russia and i think there are some very scary um lessons to learn there that i do believe in a smaller instance are repeating and could fully roll downhill towards even worser versions of what we saw in China and the Soviet Union because of the technocratic angle that is a full-on track, trace, and database society that sees everything. Imagine if Stalin, if Mao Zedong, if Hitler had the power of total information control, total dominance, and was able to control what people thought. That power right there is me, absolutely frightening. I, I just want to stress that point, you know, uh, talking about, you know, Luke being born in Poland when uh, the, civ- the Soviet The wall was existed. still, yeah, the, yeah, wall, the wall was still, still there. there. What we're experiencing now is kind of like a recess. 
The, yeah. it, it's all gonna. It all comes back. Like, like Luke mentioned. I mean, it was it was throughout the 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 twentieth century. You had World War II, and then you had the Soviets. It was a hundred years of authoritarianism and just horrifying, horrifying things. And we have this period now where it's kind of been okay, but now it's bubbling back up to get bad again. So if we don't, you know, fight for our values and stand up and say no. And protect yourself from cult worship, uh, yep. obsession with Trump, Biden, Fauci, anybody really. But that's why a lot of these communist regimes came, came to power totalitarian, like Hitler, Mao, Stalin. They were, they were a cult of personality in a lot of ways. We're going to go to Super Chats. If yes. you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and uh, don't forget to go to TimCast.com to become a member for that members-only segment, which will be coming up around 11 or so p.m. But now we're going to read your comments, see what you got to say. One person said, don't forget about the Uyghur Muslims. Still happening today. This need, kind of stuff still happens. I need proof because people hit me on Twitter and they're like, it's false news. That's propaganda. Web- lies. Western propaganda. Don't believe it. Mm. I don't buy it, dude. Look. It's you, you look at what China has done, what they do and what they're doing, and I'm just like less inclined to believe I'm with you. Tweeting. Correlation. I can't I can't. It's not and, proof. And and the United States has really, really awful yeah. things, too. I'm not here to play games. Be like America. It's not about America. Like, I just want proof right. that these camps are real. There's videos. There's, oh, I've yeah, seen yeah. videos people of like bald people trains. getting loaded on trains, but no. And that's and that's true. It's no like context. We, right. Right. It's hard to know exactly what the context is, but I'll put it this way. It's hard to know for sure. But. If they're not going to let people in to do these investigations and they're going to bar us from, say, Wuhan and all that stuff, then I'm just going to err on the side of, I don't believe you. Yeah, I'm not going to deny that. All right. We got some super chats here. The first one, I can't read your name. Sorry, because we have that uh, pinned merch up, which oh, blocks yeah. your name, unfortunately. But uh, check out that uh, Step on Snack and Find Out shirt in that chat. Mm-hmm. Sweet baby gang for life. Yes. What What, what is it? I- I can't talk about it. I can't explain it. <laughs> is it related to Mark Zuckerberg, Sweet Baby Back? It's uh, not barbecue? related to. It's not related to anything. Okay. It's just, okay. It, the Sweet Baby Gang is what it is. It, 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 it is what it is. Yeah. That's all. All right. Um, I'll, this one seems important. I guess Dermy Wormy says, Matt, what will it take to have you and the rest of the Daily Wire play Halo Infinite? What is Halo Infinite? That's a good start. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know no. if that was like a thing for you guys. If someone was asking that, I, I have I've started playing a couple of video games on like the YouTube and doing the video game reaction. I don't, I don't play any video games at all, so that's why it's a thing. But yeah, I don't know if the Daily Wire had like a Halo Infinite thing they were doing. But I, mean, I, I would do it. Yeah, oh, there, there you go. go. Yeah. I, I'll do it because that's the way the work works over there. They just tell me that oh we're doing this this thing. Yeah. I show up and then we're, we're recording and I just do it. So that's great. Do you play the banjo? <laughs> Uh, I ha- I have a, a banjo, and um, the the truth is that I've I've never I never played it at all. I don't know how to play it at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's, I've had it in my studio. My my wife got me a bit. I think it was like uh, maybe a year after we got married, and uh, she went out and got me a banjo because I had been talking a lot of game, but I wanted to learn it. And then she got it, <laughs> and uh, and she did, and she got it, and uh, and for me, and then she got me like a little like a little booklet to learn how to do it, and then it just kind of sat there for years in the corner of the room looking at me judging me because i never learned it and uh then i put it in my studio and that's it i'm, I'm a fraud i guess <laughs> all right let's see Catherine mcgrath says you've said once someone eats someone they're a cannibal for life what about people who are forced into it by circumstance so the context here is we were having a discussion about reza aslan he's the mm-hmm. cnn guy who ate human brain and i said he's a cannibal and we had a discussion about are you defined by the worst thing you've ever done and I'm like, a cannibal is someone who eats human, right? He ate human. And then the response I usually get is, yeah, but only one time. And I'm like, why do we tolerate that? Like, we're not going to call you a cannibal. 
Whereas if you kill someone, you're a murderer. Yeah. And then we're not going to be like, well, he, it was a long time ago. He's not a murderer anymore. He, so he's an ex-murderer now. <laughs> former <laughs> yeah. murderer. I don't know. You what? So, okay, so it's a little bit like being an alcoholic. They say in AA that once you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic for life. You never change. Like, it's something you have to be constantly vigilant about. And I think one of the problems that these people have with the Reza Aslan thing is that he did, in fact, just do it once, whatever. But they need to understand that they're making, like, a bit of an equivocation by saying that it has to be a pattern. It doesn't have to be a pattern. If you're, if you murder someone, just one person, you're a murderer, you're not a mass murderer. That doesn't change. Doesn't really matter what you do. So it's a little. I feel like they're making a little bit of a. And what if you're forced failure. into it? I still think. Yeah. I still think it applies depending on. The, well, the question forced into it, like you're stranded on an island. Well, and, Reza Aslan apparently, when he was sitting down with these religious types, if he didn't eat the brain, he could have been attacked by them. So the argument a lot of people have is like. He did this interview and then they told him, eat it now. And his perception was like, these people will chase, beat, and potentially kill us unless I do as I'm told. Yeah, I, I think for that, you're out of luck. He's a cannibal for life. Mm -hmm. If we were talking about a situation where people are stranded or something and then you're starving and someone's already dead and then, you know, those kinds of extreme situations, I, I think maybe I wouldn't define them by that for the rest of their lives. I wouldn't call a soldier a murderer. I wouldn't call yeah, Kim Potter a murderer. That's fair. I think yeah. that's an extreme statement for someone who is like in a life or death situation and forced to make a move they didn't want to make. You know, as for Reza Aslan, he chose to enter that situation with these cannibal with these cannibals. He knew who knew were cannibals. He knew who were consuming human flesh at the time. Who handed him human flesh, and he could have run. Right. He did it for clout. Like the issue with uh, you know with with uh, Rittenhouse, he ran. Mm. So I wouldn't call him a murderer. He ran away. He tried to avoid this. Kim Potter was trying to arrest a guy in a felony weapons charge who dove into his vehicle and she accidentally shot him. Not a murderer. Hmm. You know, this guy, I don't know, man. You know, I think, I think it's an interesting point. How many grains of sand make a heap? It's a, it's a hard, it's a hard question. Sometimes hard yeah, to find. Yeah, tricky. Falkenizer says, Tim, you need to get JP Sears on. I saw him live and during Q&A, I asked him when he's going on your show <laughs> and he said he'd love to if he was invited. What, he was invited. He was invited. And part of the problem, if you're seeing him in a live show, it's because he's really busy. Yeah. So part of the problem is he's too darn busy. JP, do a live him. show out in the East Coast and then stop by. Yeah, and have hop you on Because we think you're fantastic. Or yeah, we could do great. a show together and oh, uh, work oh, that definitely. out. And, or right, we could checks. book him for a show. <laughs> Uh, I think that would be good. I love his videos. I think they're awesome. they're very, very, very uh, satirical I mean, and extremely hilarious. And luckily, mm -hmm. YouTube hasn't figured out how to censor satire yet. But yes. when they do, he's gone. <laughs> we've yeah. got we've got for Damastan. We yeah. don't need to do anything to have an event there. Yeah, we can just literally be like hundred tickets. Okay, we'll yeah. Do that. yeah, and have him perform. And great. then we'll get a PA system and we'll get you know some chairs. Let's book them. Let's book we'll them right now. Fun. We got <laughs> outdoor. Outdoor. You're talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, maybe it's too cold. Yeah, maybe it's warm. For sure. Yeah. Till, like, we set up fire pits. Yeah. It'll be we'll fine. Do it. We'll do it. We'll, we'll give ourselves two weeks. So it'll be cold. in the 50s. It'll be in the 40s or 50s. People can wear hoodies. It'll be fine. Dude, fire pits. We should yeah. do an arena with JP. No, we'll do it. We'll do a big fire. We'll do a bonfire. It's a big <laughs> open field. We'll do That'll a bonfire. That'll be awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah we'll, that we'll, could be like our opening thing. Maybe Ryan Long will want to come. Oh, that'd be fun. Have a and lot Danny. of little fires. Like yeah. Yeah. And then we'll just hang out in a big open field. And you know, we'll do it uh, on a Saturday for the whole day. Just like a hangout. Yeah, yeah. We'll bring dirt bikes and we'll ride around. And next week, next weekend, like not yeah. this coming weekend, but the weekend after. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we can so. pull off a miracle. <laughs> JP, get in can. contact with us. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, and then we'll 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 set it up. 
All right. Ricky M says, Jeffrey Tubin's incident needs to be referred to, referred to as Tubinit. For yeah. example, where's Jeff out? Didn't you hear? The boss fired him. He was caught Tubinit on last week's Zoom meeting. That's good. That's good. I honestly, I, his name is Tubin. You know what I mean? Like Perfect. that's Lubin Tubin. It's uh, like yeah. you could say Tubinit as a reference to, you know, male self gratification. It's a simulation. Yeah, that's, it's almost it. as good as, as Wiener. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like yes. in that ballpark. We, yeah. you know what I love? Um, Sim- simulism, the simulation yeah. theory stuff. Certainly, this is a miracle. Yes. This is this is this is evidence what of a higher chance. power having you know <laughs> created. All right, let's see. Sense of humor for sure. Eric Miller says, "Tim, you mentioned Marvel. Matt looks like Netflix Daredevil. Also, Reza Aslan didn't lose it. He became super CNN and couldn't handle the madness." Yeah, you you, you do kind of look like the guy who played Daredevil. You know what's his name? I don't know. I don't know what is his name. I have no idea. Sorry. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, he's a superhero. He's an actor. He's, he's, yeah, good. there you go. All right. Yeah. All right. Jacob Howard says, "Tim, you will not have my respect until you have Shapiro, Clavin, Walsh, and Knowles in your podcast at the same time in a van." By the way, Matt just bought your book for my little brothers. Uh, so, uh, SBG all day. Yeah. Sweet baby gang. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what is it? Sweet baby gang. Sweet baby gang. Yeah. Sweet baby gang. So, um, actually, I think in January we're going to be hanging out at the Daily Wire headquarters. You are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, were, they, we were. They were trying to get Tried, us to come yeah. out. Um, the, we went to Austin, and they, we were, they were trying to get us the week before we went to Austin. So we'd bring our mobile studio, then we'd do the show from the RV with the Daily, like many people from the Daily Wire. And um, in Austin, we did the Super Show, the Austin Show with Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, Blair White, Michael Malice, Drew Hernandez, Luke, me, so and everybody else. And it was massive. If we could figure out a way to have. You know, you, Clavin, Knowles, Ben, Candace, all like popping in and just having this rowdy, obnoxious thing. We got two million, you know, views already. So great. Not to mention the live version got 600K and then the podcast is at 200 or something. I'm into it and I'll say that we can do it. I'm, I'll, I'll, Perfect. I'm, I'm <laughs> signing all of them. We got to commit it. Go, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we had nine people on like just. And it was a cacophony of craziness. It was wild. But it was fun. It was yeah, fun. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, Joe popped in for about an hour. We were fortunate, yeah, for grateful for him to be yeah. there. And yeah, I like how you guys rent out those big event spaces. And yeah, we just, we did it at the, at the Ryman in, uh, in Nashville. And that was, a, a that'd be cool to rent that out while we're yeah. down there. Well, that was actually one of the plans we had was if we could do a Friday night live Timcast IRL in the venue and set up a studio table and get everything. So there's like a live audience watching. That'd be, that'd be great. Mm, yeah, it'd yeah. be super fun. All right, let's read some more here. Okay. Doug Kaplan says, Matt Walsh, awesome guest. And I think you two should infuriate CNN, get on camera in disguise, and show facts on CNN lie off their own camera. Live CNN confession live. Mahaha. <laughs> All right. That's strategy. I don't know if that would work. People are saying LeBron has COVID. Is that true? Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of reports oh, on that on social media. I don't know if it has, it has been confirmed. He is double vaccinated, but as we know, that hasn't stopped a lot Bongino. of people. Bongino. Uh, is that true? Did Bongino I get... didn't find that. Okay, so someone yeah, was lying. I'm not sure. Just not sure. Someone was yanking out a chain. Yeah, possible. Someone. Did you hear that? Bongino got breakthrough COVID? I didn't hear that, no. I didn't, uh, hear, about, I didn't hear about LeBron either. Yeah. People must be yanking our chain in you these super know. chats. You can't believe what you read on the internet. You know what I'm saying? You know, the thing is, I, I used to actually be, I'm embarrassed now. I used to be a big LeBron fan back oh. in the day. And, uh, yeah, I know that's, Sorry. that's the, the <laughs> grimace. Cringe. I know. Yeah. Um, but he just, the last few years, maybe I didn't see it before. It's possibly the case, but 
the guy's a t- uh, honestly a total scumbag. He didn't seem to be yeah. like that before. Yeah. Something changed. The Washington years, Post so. is reporting Lakers star LeBron James out indefinitely due to NBA COVID-19 health and safety protocols. Whoa. So Maybe he's an anti-vaxxer. If the CIA says it, it must be true. Yes, oh, yeah. Yes, yes thank point. you, Luke. Just a man <laughs> says, you're right, Tim. We were founded on Judeo-Christian values, and guess what? We atheists had to change about those values, Tim, things like slavery. Okay, uh, that's wrong. It wasn't atheists. He's trying to credit atheists with abolishing oh, slavery. Oh, my goodness. No. It's, it's not true. It's, it's, well, we just talked about how people are historically illiterate. There we go. Good example. Uh, in the 1800s, this country was 100% Christian. I mean, literally not 100%, but you get my point. Like, yeah. atheism didn't start to rise until probably what? Like, 70s into the 80s and 90s, and even then, it was probably very few people. Mm. Yeah, the, the abolitionist movement was 100% a Christian movement, well, yeah. but uh, through and through. It wasn't just like they they happened to be Christian. This was it was their Christian principles had led them to this. So, and I'm, no and, I'm and I'm pretty sure to this day, I think what the country is like. What, what percentage of America is Christian? It's it's like 70. It's it's declining, but it's right. still 70. Here, I don't know, 75. And, and I think in the 90s, it was 80 or 90. You know, high, yeah. high. and so it's only a recent phenomenon where atheists are gaining political prominence. I mean, didn't we just have like uh, some of our first atheist politicians in the past like ten or twenty years? I don't know. So if you want to go back to the eighteen hundreds and claim it was atheists <laughs> who are doing these things, I, this is not true. I got no disrespect for atheists, none at all. Um, I am, I am, uh, uh, I believe in God. I don't follow any theistic religions or anything like that. But I think it's like you said, historically illiterate to claim that. 90 years after the Declaration of Independence was signed, this country had a law, a strong atheist movement trying to abolish slavery. It's, and it's a real, it's actually a real problem for atheists. And I'd be curious to, I've yet to hear an atheist really sort through this, but, uh, because one of the reasons why the abolitionist movement was, was definitely Christian is that it's it, based on this idea that we're all uh, equal, you know, created equal in the eyes of God, that we all have inherent human dignity, human rights. Um, the, the, the doctrine of human rights is a doctrine. It's a religious doctrine that stems from this idea that we have human souls, that we are, you know, that we have this kind of eternal significance. If you take that out of it and, and you're left with uh, Darwinism, what, what, what do human rights even you get, mean? You, you get wokeism. You get right yeah. makes right. You get the, 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 uh, it was, uh, um, um, what was it? Da- uh, Graeber, um, what was the name of the anarchist, ph- uh, um, the philanthropist, uh, Oh. Anarchist anthropologist was it David Graeber? I think his name was. He said, um, you know, uh, rest in peace. He, he passed uh, a couple of years ago, I believe. But he said on Twitter that the left is embracing fascistic uh, um, tenets. You know, the idea that there's no truth but power, that might makes right. This is what wokeism is when they've lost a moral framework. They just say, if there is no moral framework, then why follow any rules? Why? It's, it's really fascinating to be completely honest because for the longest time growing up, there was the religious argument of, you know, without faith and religion, then where do your morals come from? And a lot of, you know, Bill Maher would be like, that's a scary prospect that the only reason you're not killing people is because you, you, you have this religion. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, I kind of understand that because you can see people who might not be religious, who might be atheist, but their values still came from parents who held these traditional values. Things like, I mean, you know what, man? Too many people today haven't read the story. It's story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Is there? Mm-hmm. Do you know the actual name of the uh, the, the the story? I don't know. The, I don't know much about the Bible. Well, you, yeah, you had it. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you basically you had. Um, do you know? Well, do you know the name of the guy who was Lot? Yeah, yeah Lot. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. See, I don't. I don't know. I don't. It's been a long time <laughs> since I read this, but I, I read it because 
I was I was trying to understand the Fifth and Sixth Amendment. I was trying to understand the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the inalienable rights, and it was it was it was pulling on a thread. It was like here the founding fathers had these discussions about why these rights needed to be included, and they reference God and they reference re- right. religion in the Bible. And they reference Blackstone's formulation, and I start reading about it, and then sure enough, you discover that the story is quite literally, you know, God was like, this is a wicked, you know, these wicked cities will be destroyed, and a lot is like, but what if there's righteous people there? And ultimately says, if there's but one righteous person, I won't do it. And the idea from that is you can't condemn the innocent because you're mad at the guilty. Right. The fascinating thing is, if you look, if you read about the philosophy uh, of innocent until proven guilty— dictators and tyrants tend to hold the inverted view. I think Otto von Bismarck was his name. He said, it is better that 10 innocent people suffer than one guilty person uh, escape. Yeah, yikes. That, that, that is a nation that will imprison overwhelmingly innocent people and cause mass suffering on grand scales. That's evil. That's pure evil. 100%. Yeah, that's the definition of evil. evil. Well, I think that's what we're getting with these people who have no moral frameworks at all. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be religious or anything like that. You just have to recognize people's rights. All right. Eamon says, Matt, how's living in Loudoun County? Uh, it, wa- it was great. You know, uh, I felt connected with my true Virginia roots, but we did, we did ultimately decide to move back to, to relocate back to um, Tennessee. How long did you uh, live in Loudoun? Um, uh, one and a half days. Oh. <laughs> so awesome. My wife and kids never made the move. And so that was a little bit of a, that was a little bit of a, I didn't consult my Distance wife before buying, yeah. you know, before renting a, <laughs> She, she never agreed to live in someone's basement in Loudoun County. And okay, so that's fair. That, yeah. Was, yeah, that was a little bit of a thing. And so, Loudoun uh, County is about 30 seconds from here. Yeah, it's really yeah we, we noticed. We, we yeah, drove yeah. her through it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you hop you, down the road. Of course, the, the schools are more like it's 20 minutes. It's about an minutes. hour. Yeah. I thought it was no. further. I don't I think it's an hour. I drove out there. Yeah, it was like 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. It's not that far. Loudoun's not that it. big. Maybe I got stuck in traffic. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we, we go down there, uh, to where those schools are, you know, relatively often. Okay, maybe it's a half an hour. Yeah, it's a ways. Maybe, not, maybe we'll, yeah. we'll meet well, halfway. Whatever. Look, I, I know we're close to Loudoun County. This, I used to live here, so. That's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. Yeah, of course, yes. Uh, he goes on to say that was one epic mic drop speech back in September. Thanks for fighting the fight. Let's go, Brandon. That was a good speech, Matt, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the, at the Loudoun County thing, it was, it was so ridiculous because, you know, they, they give you, they give you 60 seconds to speak at the, at the, um, at the actual, uh, school board meeting, which like you, no one could say anything in 60 seconds. They, they make you wear a mask. It's like this whole ridiculous scene they had set up. We had to, if you wanted to speak in the meeting, you had to wait out, you had to wait, wait in a single file line outside of the, the room where the meeting was actually taking place because they wouldn't let any spectators in the room. And then they would call you in and you'd hear your, your name over the, the intercom and you'd come in and they'd set the timer. They give you 60 seconds. At 60 seconds, they cut off the mic and say, okay, wow. you leave. Next person come in, like the single file thing. It's a total absurdity because they're just trying to stop people. Right. They know you can't you can't really say anything in sixty seconds. So and that's that's the whole idea to stop you from actually saying anything. Yeah. Nathan Simpson says, Tim, you should try the postmodern paper generator. It's an AI that shows how you don't need to know anything to write this stuff. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Look at a lot of the you know, the the early feminist YouTubers during like Gamergate and listen to what they're saying and it's like they're not saying anything. It is just buzzwords strung together to make it sound like they're smart. And then they'll give you their point at the end, which is a simple statement. It's like, now that I've said all these things you can't understand, this is why we have to do X. And they go, oh, it sounds smart to me, I guess. And there are people who just want to fit in and be a part of it. Yep. They don't want to be weirdos. If they think it's popular, they will uh, get on board. Sparty Matt says, I live in Oxford, MI. 
and teach school nearby. Please, everyone, tell your kids you love them, especially the hurting and broken young men who desperately need to know mm. that someone, anyone cares about them. Yes. IPAC says Joseph Stalin said socialism is a necessary step. That's, That's correct. Right. Yep. Yes, he, that was he Stalin, did. Yeah. Yep. Eric Miller says, Tim, socialism is simple. The means of production are controlled by the people. Then the government control the people. So then the government control the means of production. Now, if you made it this far, how do you like West China? Hmm. Yeah. There will always be in these systems a centralized authority in control, period. There's, 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 there's no way for it to work. In fact, the system has a tendency towards power coalescing. That's, that's, that's it. Th- these people who believe that there will truly be utopian communism are insane. Mm-hmm. As if they think, they think raw materials are infinite. They think housing is infinite. They think conflict doesn't exist. Milk they think humans. Shelves. You know what? It's simple. You ever see the movie Equilibrium? I don't think so. It's the, it's with uh, Christian Bale and it's a society where everyone takes a drug every morning that suppresses emotion. Mm. Okay. Do that. And then sure, you know, you might have a perfectly working communist work, yeah. society. Kind of, kind of a brave new world sort of thing. Aren't those called SSRIs? Yeah. Right? Something like that. You get situations where like one, there'll be a human for humans, but one of them will solve the problem so quick. And you're like, wow, that's great. Then the second time it happens, he does it again. And you realize, okay, if we put our faith in, and power behind this guy, we're going to survive as a group. If, mm. if we let, no, I'm not pointing at any one of you guys, but like random people stumble around and, and make mistakes trying to lead us, then we're going to die. So like it's this natural tendency towards centralization of authority and powers kind of intrinsic in what we are as a species. I, think I don't know if it's necessarily th- healthy though. I think it's the same thing that drives humans to innovate actually. Uh, we don't want to expend energy. It's risky. So uh, through evolutionary biology, through the gradual natural selection, the changes, uh, humanity favored those who conserved energy to the greatest degree. That meant people who would have higher access to food, who were smarter, who were stronger, who were faster, could run. So that way we'd have more energy to procreate and those who had less energy couldn't. And that means when it comes to politics, people are like, the least amount of work I have to do is better for survival. So if you want to take care of it, I'll just do whatever you say. You end up with a lot of people saying... That's confusing, complicated, hard, and I don't want to be involved. Mm. And then they give up all their power. Yep. Simon Eric Alexia says, hey, Tim, did you know that you are mentioned in the book, This is a Swedish Tiger, written by Aaron Flam? I think I heard that. Huh. I don't know to what degree What's they mentioned about? me or whatever. Sweden's a creepy country. I have no idea oh, what the book is. Huh. Yeah. Dragon Lady says, I ask, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people. George Mason, founding father of the Bill of Rights. There you go, man. Colin Sanders says, SBG represent. We yeah. run this show now. We're taking over the internet. <laughs> We're the new world order SBG worldwide. P.S. Matt is the best Daily Wire host. Oh, snap. Shop I hear fire. that. I hear that. We'll have to have you uh, um, host off. Have a, a host off <laughs> with, host with off. everybody and when, we come to, uh, when we come to Daily Wire HQ. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what that would consist of. I know that me and uh, you know me and Ben Shapiro have a long-standing thing where we're supposed to have a push-up competition. So he keeps he keeps dodging me, but uh, <laughs> we're through the high-speed camera. So just the he's probably training. Really intense. Yeah, he's going to sure. show up one day and he's going to rip his shirt off. He's going to be like super ripped, <laughs> like six-pack, yeah. and he's going to be like, "You made a mistake, Walsh." <laughs> I can see it. Christopher Fisher says the idea of cops as neutral arbiters is entirely fictional. Police in the U.S. have always been enforcers. Period. Full stop. SCOTUS repeatedly ruled that cops have no duty to protect or prevent crime. I understand that. I'm not saying that, you know, every cop that comes out is a smiling officer friendly. I'm saying if two people are screaming at each other and threatening violence, the cops come and say, I don't know or care who either of you are. Stop it or else you'll be arrested. Like somebody who can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I'm looking at Luke. I'm waiting for some anarchist response. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm surprised they're not doing political compass tests when it comes to what charges or what jail they're going to go to. Um, You've been arrested, sir. Now, how would you describe yourself? Political Political politics. You you get pulled over for a DUI, Mm. and the cops like, sir, you appear to be very drunk. Um, On the political spectrum of left versus right, where would you uh, find yourself? Left. Uh, I think your blood alcohol is, uh, uh, you know, point oh three. You're, 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 you're good to go. Mm-hmm. It's called the social credit score. It already happens in China, and it's coming here to the United That's States. That's right. Yes, yeah, yep. exciting. Red Dawn, nineteen eighty four says, "Don't trust the media." Goebbels made propaganda videos depicting life in the ghetto: adults laughing and children playing in the playgrounds. And uh, why? It's, it's remarkable. Claire Lehman, she she responded saying. I found this hashtag about Howard Springs full of hot babes enjoying the, the quarantine camp that Tim call, Tim Cass calls concentration camps. And then I think it was Jack Murphy who said, I couldn't help but notice that there's no photos of any regular people. It's all like hot babes and smiling families waving at the camera. Yeah. It's clearly a PR campaign. Yeah. Just makes it creepier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. worse. Yeah. Yep. Hot babe sunbathing, smiling. With and bikinis and G-strings on. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's like, look at, look, you know, footage from North Korea. Everyone's smiling and happy and clapping for, you know their their leader. It's, yep. Yeah, that's not staged, right? No, not you at all. know, that's selfies. Australia is creepy, man. Jeez. Vero Freddy says we are in an era of English socialism where government effectively runs business through regulations. Yeah, to a great degree, I would say. I would say yes, actually. Actually, and there's a lot of regulations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dave Guerra says Japanese internment camps are not that far in the past. Ask past. Ask George Takai. And that was here on American soil. I'd be interested to uh, ask uh, George about Australia. Yeah. Which side is he going to fall on that one? He's going to be like, no, that one's okay. Yeah. The one I went through was bad, but this one, this one's okay. Yeah. All right. Home B says, I'm more or less concerned if terrorists actually try and start hitting this country with roadside bombs on American highways or some other off book things I can conceive. I mean, in terms of civil war or conflict, we're definitely not at any point like that. And I hope it never happens. It's ineffective. We are not in that era. We gotta, we gotta win hearts and minds. You know, we gotta, we gotta convince people we have to uh, be persuasive and peaceful. The, the, the reason Antifa it, it gets away with it to a certain degree is because a lot of people are scared, but they do lose public support, which has a backlash to it. That being said, my friends, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're gonna have a members only segment coming up about around 11 or so PM. You can, uh, don't forget to smash the like button. You can follow us at Timcast IRL. You can follow me everywhere. Follow me on Instagram at Timcast. Matt, you want to shout anything out? Uh, well, I would mention my children's book. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Yeah, but no. Johnny, yeah. Oh, you have a book. <laughs> JohnnyTheWalrus.com. You can get uh, my children's book. I'm a, a, I'm a best-selling children's author, which is what I will be referring to myself as for the rest of my life. That's, that's, that's what, did it once. That's what this was all about, actually, was just so that I could call myself a best-selling children's <laughs> author and start every sentence with, well, as a best-selling children's author, yes. I think this. Uh, but yeah, JohnnyTheWalrus.com. Yeah. Right on. What's your Twitter? Uh, at Matt Walsh blog. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. It was great having you. Uh, and if you want to find out what I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of really exciting things on LukeUncensored.com. Today I did a video about my future plans, how people could get involved. If you want to see that, just check out LukeUncensored.com. Thanks for having me. You can also follow me at IanCrossland.net if you want a little bit more of this. Happy to see you. Have a nice day. Catch you later. 
And uh, I, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patchlitz. I always enjoy Matt's talks, but I really enjoy this kind of more personal. I always enjoy these long form conversations. So thank you. Definitely. Yeah. Good times. And don't forget in the chat section right now on YouTube, there is the Step on Snack and Find Out oh, shirt, yeah. which you can pick up. We're actually planning on having a new shirt once per week. So we're not going to be nearly as shirt prolific as Luke is. <laughs> and our, our shirts are usually not super political, like with statements like Luke's are. Ours are more of like silly, like the gorilla or the Shiba or the snake. So we're going to have more silly shirts like that. And you can go to TimCast.com, click store, and it's all available there. And it, and it helps support our work, of course. And of course... Best, what is it's bestpoliticalshirts.com? The bestpoliticalshirts.com. Yes. Luke's got the Thank more you. political statements and uh, definitely to help support his work as well. So we're really grateful to all of your support. We'll see you all over at timcast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.